two brothers and gamers that have been playing games since the early 1980s. Combined, they have over 65 years' experience. Join them each week as they discuss and rant about gaming and entertainment news. This is Generation X Gaming. Welcome back to another week, another episode of Generation X Gaming, a weekly podcast that goes over a few of the top stories from the past week, and we rant along the way. Episode 223. We're here live every single Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Like I said, uh, go over a few of the top stories from the past week, and we rant along the way. You can follow Sarge at Sarge McCluskey on Twitter. You can follow me at 30 and Still Gaming. You can follow the show at Gen underscore X underscore Gaming. You can also watch this live on twitch.tv slash 30 and Still Gaming, or you can go to 30andstillgaming.live to check out all our past broadcasts. We do this podcast on Thursdays. We do an audio version, small little bits uh, called GXG Micro Episodes every single day on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Anchor.fm. Let's get to the show. On today's show, we're going to be talking about Fortnite leaves beta finally. We're going to be talking about Amazon's Crucible returns to beta. We're going to be talking about Fallout 76, the season, the game pass that's coming out, and the TV series. We're going to be talking about uh, race, race, uh, the raid, raids, race to world's first in the raids of Division 2. We're going to be talking about NBA 2K1 comes out with more expensive games coming out for the next consoles. We're going to be talking about the Xbox Series X. I'm sorry, Xbox Series S. Uh, that's speculation still. Uh, we're going to be talking about Xbox event from the 21st to the 27th. Lots of games coming in for you people. We're going to be talking why Mixer failed. We're going to be talking about Marvel Avengers news and Outriders. That's all on today's show. How is it going, everyone? All right. How's it going, Sarge? Oh, man. It's 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 another week in chaos, I can tell you that. It's another week in that, chaos. That's how I keep track of the days, the chaos meter, right? So today's Thursday. The chaos meter is pretty high. That means it's almost the weekend because then everyone gets to go – well, I would say out to drink, but they literally just buy their beer and stuff on Amazon now and wait for it to get delivered on Friday. So it's horrible. It's horrible, man. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah, it's 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 bad. <clears throat> All right, first story. Let me bring the first story up. Fortnite, 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 can we, Fortnite. Can we can we pair up? Can we pair up the in beta out beta thing? I like to pair that up so we can talk about I, that. I don't think in in beta out beta thing is a good back to back story. Let's do that. In beta, out beta. Right, right. So, okay, so yeah. leaving beta, okay, now this is just Save the World edition of Fortnite, not right. the Battle Royale. Okay, so Fortnite right. ditches early access label, slows development on Save the World mode. Okay, so the news arrives three years of development, okay, which technically it's 10 years because it was seven years up until it launched in 2017. And then Save the World was also being worked on for another three years. So it's been 10 years in development for Save the World, which, before I even read this, said it was going to be free when it came out. And the only reason, this is before Battle Royale, this is before anything, this is just Save the World. They're like, oh, we're, we're anybody that wants to play it early access, pay for it up front. You got, some, uh, you got some llamas to open up and stuff. So the news arrives three years after development, during which the games have become quite a phenomenon after it pivoted from an initial horde mode battle, uh, to a battle royale. Recent months have seen the boasting virtual con uh, concerns 
of the Star Wars collaboration, something only one of the world's most popular video games could ever carry off. Uh, development team revealed that Save the World's main story is complete. Congratulations, 10 years. They've, they've completed it. But with Endure the premium experience, instead of being free-to-play, Fortnite players considered to be founders, those who purchased the game at full price will have their founders pack upgraded as a result. Save the World mode won't be able to support all upcoming Battle Royale cosmetics, but existing players' libraries will remain intact. As Save the World winds down, its content will rotate for replayability purposes. A new venture, uh, Ventures mode is coming to the game too, which will feature a new season-long excursion in Zones, which is new unique modifiers to tackle. Players can take part of this venture to progress through levels, pick up uh, virtue-specific rewards, and upcome upgrade the items in personal collections. So what do you make of this, Sarge? So Epic created this game for seven years. They came out with it. It was supposed to be this horde mode, base building, defense type of game. It right. bombed. It, it didn't really bomb, but it well, bombed compared it, it to... Bombed. Right. There's about 200,000 people playing it when it first came out, but it died off pretty quick when people were playing it. And then all of a sudden they pivoted. They pivoted to the Battle Royale. and the Battle Royale, which, is, which is still probably one of the greatest saves ever. Oh, yeah. And and it's printing money. It's become a literally money-making machine, right? Right. But that's that's called that's called one of the biggest saves, I think, in video games. That one, Destiny Destiny's like number two or number three, but that's like number one that, in my recent memory, like the last 10 years. A, a game that came out completely trashed and then did a 180, and now it was a top-selling game. That That's rare over the last three years when, when it first came out i thought fortnite save the world now i'm talking about save the world was a pretty good game right there's a lot of stuff to do lots it was very grindy because it was supposed to be a free-to-play game right remember that save the world was supposed to be a free-to-play game so they made it grindy on purpose so you would purchase the llamas and use the v bucks and all that stuff because v bucks were a thing before the battle royale came out so they were making it free to play so you could grind and if you didn't want to grind you could pay for v bucks to, to buy certain things in the save the world well now save the world is not a free-to-play aspect of the game it's a literally pay to play just like a normal game and battle royale is free to play so now they're changing this i like to see if they still have those microtransactions <clears throat> in effect for the save the world edition now battle royale obviously is not coming out of beta because if they did that they wouldn't be able to upgrade and update the BR section of the game like they do now with the live events and all this stuff because once you go gold with a game it has different rule sets than if you're an alpha or beta as far as the stuff so Epic won't ever make the Battle Royale out of alpha I, or beta I would, I would I would love to do some more research about that and for the video game side of things of like what is it what does it mean what what things are you allowed to do and not allowed to do when you're in beta and when you're not is there some kind of like unwritten rule in the developing world of what you can do and can't do when you're in beta. It just seems funny to me how some of the de publishers and developers work around this, this little tidbit here, this, what, I mean, what is it like, because you're in beta, you can update stuff quickly, but because yeah. you're live and, and you're out on the, now there's this different set of circumstances that yes. come into play before you can actually download. Stuff. Yeah, we, I, I would like to know the details. We did it about three years ago when Fortnite first came out, we actually did a story on this. Uh, I forget what I, where the article is. I, I drink a lot, though. I know. You know. So that's why I'm reminding you. We, three years. Three we, years is a long time we ago. Did a, we did an article on this on the show that when it's in alpha, they have when it when it's out of alpha, it has to get submitted to Xbox and submitted, and it takes like a week time. It takes seven to ten days. But the actual 
um, updates that Fortnite does is faster. And this doesn't just apply to Fortnite, by the way. This applies to all beta alpha games that they can update it more on the fly than they can if it's released. Okay. Hence why in the article it says that they're not updating the game. And the virtue or the, the venture specific mode that's coming out, if the game's done and it's released, it, that's not in the game yet. Why? Because now it's done and now they have to submit it. Then it has to run through its tests, right? They have to submit it to the companies. The companies have to make sure there's no malware, any of the of the, of the issues and problems before it releases. Uh, so that's what they do. That's why it's later on. That's why when something comes out for PC, it's always later. When an update comes out for PC, it's always a couple days later to a week on consoles because they have to they have to get submitted, right? So from that though, I have a problem with them charging for the Save the World now. Because they said originally that Save the World was free. And the only reason they're charging for it is to get the money back, right? Like to basically help them get, in, get, in alpha. Get, get, get what money? It's, it's before, well, it's before BR. Money. It's before BR, right? You got to remember, it was before the same, the before same company made money. the game. The same company made the game. Right. So now they're charging full price. Well, it, Another company no one remembers did this. That. Another company did this. Too far ago. No one remembers three years ago. Can anybody in chat? No. Can anybody in chat? Name the other company that said a free-to-play game was coming out and then charged full fucking price for it. Anybody? Anybody? I'll give a couple seconds. You'll probably put it in chat by the time I say it. Uh, Blizzard did this with Overwatch. Overwatch was supposed to be a free-to-play game, and it was so popular when it came out, they decided that they would charge full price for it. It was $40 on PC, and it was $60 on console. Okay? Free-to-play game, and they charged, and they put the microtransactions in there with the with the loot boxes, the loot crates uh, in there as well. So there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that companies do that I'm like, okay, Epic, cool, bravo, you've completed your game after 10 years of development, and now you said it was free for the last three years. You said Save the World was free, but yet they were charging for it the entire time. So that's <clears throat> that's another now from that story. Go ahead, Charles. Go ahead. I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they're going to go along with Goldfish Brain on that one. Nobody remembers nobody remembers what they said three years ago about the game being free because no one gave a shit about that part of the game, right? So no one cared. We went we, we got the BR version, everybody jumped on that one. We all forgot about the, the game that originally came out. And so now they're just gonna they're gonna turn the dial to whatever they need to, right? It does it it doesn't matter to them because they've already made the money. So what what I find disturbing is you made a shit ton of money on BR. Uh, for Fortnite BR, I, I, I ass load crap ton. You put the words in there. It's a large all, amount of money. All those are metric numbers, and those are good. Right, yeah. right. It's all in the dictionary now. Right, the book that has the words in it. People, in case no one knows what the dictionary is. Okay, so dictionary. that's crazy. Now we have now we have them saying, you know what? Uh, I think I think we should start charging for the the original game. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I, I think that's great. Uh, I, think that's I, great, I mean, it's 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 out of it's out of beta, right? It's it's out of beta, so we got to charge for something. We just can't release something now that's been out for three years. We right. just can't release something now and not charge for it. That right. that would look that would look dumb, wouldn't it? Well, we're, we are Todd. Todd, we are giving the BR for free, so we we're gonna have to charge for the for the save the world portion of it. We can't give everything out for free. No, we can't give no. out anything for free, even though we're no. charging them for V bucks and time crunch. Yes. And, and emblems and things to make your time faster in the free-to-play game. Hence right. why the grind was so grindy in the Save the World mission, because everything was supposed to be free-to-play, and they wanted you to spend money by playing free-to-play. But now they're charging you. Now, they, now they're charging you, and then they're also 
still putting that stuff in the game. So going from that game, Sarge, that's now out of beta, Amazon's Crucible, okay, came out, I think it was May 20th. Now, I said on a GXG Micro episode, all right, I, I, I actually, I should play it. I should play it for you people, but I won't. I won't because I don't want to say I told you so. We don't, we, yeah, we don't like to say I told you so. It just, what has to happen now is every time something happens that we talk about, we're going to just give you the episode. Right. So I said that this game's a piece of shit and that it needs to go back to the drawing board and goes back to beta. Obviously, no game in the history has ever released a game and then said, no, no, we're going back to beta. Now, there's games like Anthem and there's games like No Man's Sky. They go completely silent. They don't pull the game off the shelf. They don't pull it out of digitally. They literally are like, okay, we fucked up. We have to go fix our game. Amazon's first, Amazon Studios' first game, Crucible, comes out, okay? And three weeks later, sorry, four weeks later, they decide that they're going back to beta. They're like, eh, just things aren't working. And first, last week, they decided to take away two game modes, okay? They took away, there were only three game modes in the, in, the, in the thing. They took two game modes out to focus on one. One week later, they decide, nope, we're going back to beta, right? This I said on a GXG micro episode is <laughs> this is a this is a can of worms. This is Pandora's box opening up. Yeah, this okay? is, this is a bad. This is something interesting here. Go ahead. This, this is the first company to ever release a game and then decide no, no, just kidding, just kidding. Now, chat, you're gonna have to help me here. I know it was free to play, but was there any microtransactions in the game to buy cosmetics, skins, anything in that game, or was it 100% free? I honestly don't know. The article doesn't say. Yes, there was. Yes. Okay. So here we are. People now have spent money on a game that released. It was released. Okay. Officially, Amazon said, hey, check out our brand new game. It wasn't It it's, wasn't a premature release. It was a release. It's a release. It was a release. So it it counts. It wasn't it a counts. beta. It wasn't anything. It was, it is released. So now they released it. And now... They're withdrawing from the statement. Uh, just kidding. No one saw that, did you? Did you see Crucible? No, no? Okay, we're taking that back, and we're going to put that back in our studio to work on it a little bit longer. They said if you've already downloaded it, you can still play it. You can help them, right? This is the best part. This is the best part. You can help them decide what – you got something in your eye, Sarge? Yeah, it's a little. On. It's a little bit – A little yeah. bit A little bit over Contact. to there. You got it? All right. Contact. Okay. You can help them. They're all listening. They're listening to you. They want your feedback. They really want to know. They really want to know what you guys think of their game. And the best way to do this is to teach Amazon Studios, do not release a game that is a half-ass game. Because the consumers will let you know if your game sucks or not. Testing should happen inside the walls. Before it's released, okay. Testing is expensive. I know bro. it's expensive. You can't, and if, we how can't do give you someone ten bucks an hour. How? You can't give someone ten bucks an hour to play video games. Right. That's, that sounds insane. Instead of charging, why would you them, do that? Instead of charging them, Todd, we're going to instead of paying them, Todd, ten dollars, we're going to charge them cosmetic money so they can get cosmetics in the game, and then they're going to test it for us. I think this is brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. What do you think, Sarge, about this whole crucible thing? 
I'm concerned now because of the fact that they were able to release a game and then and then pick it up and drop it back into beta. That gives any game company now free reign to decide whether or not the game is really on or really not. Like, what happens if what happens if in the middle of a bad sales speech they just said, "Oh no, no, we're we're just kidding. It's it's not it's not ready yet." Like, what stops them from doing this kind of thing now? Right? Is is there no penalty anymore for like? blatantly lying to a consumer base or is it just video games where everyone's allowed to lie directly to the consumer and there's no penalties there's been no penalties for the mtx's no penalties for the cheating no pe no penalties for anything it's just we'll say what we want you guys gotta suck it up and then when we change our mind you gotta suck on that too like i don't get it i don't understand how this works anymore i'm confused i'm confused uh this is why we always say always say do not pre-order. Do not pre-order. I don't care what trinket they're going to bribe you with. You didn't have to pre-order this game. Pre it was just no, free. It, yeah. No, no. But you can't. You cannot give any of them any information at all when they're getting ready to release a game. They have to be able to release a game that they think is done. And as the consumer base who've been playing video games in a certain number of years here, and let them know whether or not you feel good about it or not. Right? Once again, we are not the judges of the video games they are because they set a standard they say hey look at this badass game we made it's and so awesome look it. at how fast it does and all these characters right. you can pick from we 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 all play the cosmetics it. that you can pick right. we play it we say it's we say it's fucking amazing okay so once they have all their sales and everybody buys it for three years straight and they sold 20 million copies and now it's established we've set a bar here's the bar game's badass this is where you got to be now and now everybody else tries to release a piece of shit game, and it's nowhere near this. It's nowhere near this. And now you want us to say, hey, oh, this game's pretty good. Yeah, I don't buy that. No, your game is garbage, okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry that your game is garbage, but you guys set a standard, and we got to tell you, your game is garbage, okay? Go put it back, and when you're ready to play with the big boys, bring it back out. But don't yell at us for telling you your game is crap, and then you guys get to subvert everything but oh we're gonna bring it back in now we'll fix it anthem same thing oh don't worry about it we're gonna fix it it's uh, your game's garbage i it, it has to be established that the consumer base knows what they like because we've been playing a while right. and it's up to the developers to understand their market and release products that the consumer base wants right and if we don't like something we're allowed to tell you right I, because regardless Regardless, right. on this podcast, on a Twitch, on a YouTube channel, we don't like something. It's too fucking bad. I'm sorry that some of our, I'm sorry that some of the streamers have a lot of pull. They got a million people watching them. And if someone doesn't like something, oh, it, it, I guess it doesn't work out for you if they don't like something. Uh, now let's take out streaming for a moment, kids. Let's make it go back to the days where there was no streaming. Okay, whose word was law if something was good or not? Oh, I guess it was the critic yep. that was paid for. Oh, I guess it was the news that's paid for. I guess it was something else that allowed them to decide whether or not something was good or not. Now that we throw the people into the mix where everybody knows what's released, what's playing, and we're all talking to each other, and now we say how we feel, now it's an issue. Right. Now, now we got now we're 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 we're, we're review bombing or we're paying for reviews, and it's all all this dystopian shit going on now because right. we're not allowed to speak the truth anymore because they can't control the well, narrative. Well, you right? could so games like the games like this, they, they pay the price. Back in the day, 
PM just brought it up in chat. Nintendo Power came out once a month, right? It would show you a bunch of games that were coming out. You would read the articles and get excited. And then when it came out, you bought it. Now, back then, it was just word of mouth. There was no Twitter or anything else. Yeah. If, if there was you a, talk to your friends. Right, which, which, if you bought a game, you now have eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours before you see a friend and go, hey, I played this game, and I'm, and I'm doing this. And they go, oh, that's cool. And then they have to wait eight hours. Because then they go to the store afterwards to pick it up and then buy it. And then they start playing it. And then another day passes, which is now three days later. And now you're both talking about the game. Oh, is it good? Is it bad? I didn't really like it and stuff. Now, instant. 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 Right. 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 20 million people immediately pressing the yes, no button. Right. right. We're swiping left or right, kids. It's, 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 it's Tinder for video games. We see the game. We're looking at it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> right. It's. Uh, I'm sorry I came to this, but this is where we are. Maybe, just maybe, just maybe, now I know this sounds crazy, maybe developers and, and uh, publishers should maybe understand their market first before they start throwing hand grenades and then blaming everybody else for their bad but decisions. we got cool guns, man. Cool guns, and this game looks exactly like the other game that everyone likes. So why don't you like that? We even named it after something people like. First of all, the yeah. name. The, first of all, the, the name Crucible, terrible. terrible, terrible, terrible. Tell me they're not trying to piggyback. Tell me, tell me, right. tell me. Look at me in the eye. Oh. Look me in the eye, chat, and tell me they're not trying to piggyback. You, you like tell me. You like Crucible from that game called Destiny? Well, you're gonna love this Crucible game because it's nothing like it. It's called Crucible. It's still called Crucible. I saw someone in chat. Let me let me scroll up here. This is what's great about live chat, right? Here, here you said uh, the devs don't have a trillion dollars to put towards the game. I understand that. Right, me and Sarge here. People don't know this. We've created a board game. Have you seen it on your store shelves yet? No. Have you heard of it? No. Oh, great. You know why? Because we don't have a trillion dollars, or a billion dollars, or a million dollars, or hundreds of dollars to produce our game. So what are we doing? Oh, we're, it's called saving up and putting it out when it can be released. Our game, when it does release. I can guarantee you it's fucking flushed out. It's ready to go. But we don't have the trillion dollars to make the production. That's no one's problem but ours. Okay? I'm not going on places going, ooh. I'm not releasing it by handwriting craft things and, and handing it to someone. Hey, try our game out. Right? And then everyone's like, what, is, what game is this? Oh, it, well, it's just like the game I, I want to release. But it's made of paper instead of actual board game parts. Okay, it the, the the back in the day when a company wanted to make something, they had all the risk. The risk was let me go find an investor. The investor puts in the company. Now the risk is not on the actual company; it's on the investor. Hence, why the investors want their money back first. Right. right? Now, first position. Now, first position. Now there is no investors. The investors are the customers. The customers are the people investing in the product. If it's on Kickstarter, GoFundMe, Beta, Alpha, Cosmetic, whatever, and you're investing your time and money into something, and they don't give a shit because all they want is to strike while the iron is hot. You like this game? Here's a game just like it. Realm right. Royale. Pick another BR game that came out and how failed. How many BR? How many BR games came out? Right. How many BR games came out? Call of Duty threw a BR in there. They they chase it rather than rather than develop something a good IP, develop something that's personal to them and release something that they that they that they believe in. Here's the product. Instead, 
it's it's this in this crazy world and it's too it's too volatile we can't be spending all this kind of money making video games we got to piggyback on a bunch of stuff in order to make some money this season otherwise i can't get my next mansion like you see anybody who's been around for the last 10 years in video gaming have you seen what's been happening you've seen what's going on Yes, there are gems inside these games. Yes, there are good well, games. There are the most amazing games I've ever seen. Some of the most amazing games I've ever seen happened in the, the last, last ten five, years. Five years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But the point is, is that they—it's big money. It's big money, and because it's big money, they—they they will cut corners where they can. And so we, the consumer base, especially when we're this connected, it's un—it's incredible how connected the gamers are. That if they come out with a shitty game, I feel bad for you. I feel bad for you when you come out with a shitty game. As a matter of fact, you should probably stay in beta for a year and let people play your game just to play it. Minimum. And let them, and let, right? And that way, maybe you guys will know if it's any good, right? I can't, I can't imagine someone saying we're going to spend $100 million developing a game. Uh, they tell nobody about it. Nobody plays it. There's no test copies out. And then they release it, and they want to know what happened. Uh, uh, I don't understand. They, they didn't like it. They didn't like the game about the guy who climbs ladders and washes windows. They didn't like that game. <laughs> Nobody's done it before. People were asking uh, for it. People were people asking, were asking for the window for washer game. Window, window washer two two K. Yeah. I I I thought it was good. Battle Royale but, wish window washers. I mean, but but it didn't go well. I, this, this is where we live now, guys. This, this is where we live. This makes me wonder and scared because Amazon Studios' next game is not this little itty bitty. Uh, MOBA game of Crucible. Their next game coming out is an MMO. Okay? Okay? Their next game is New World coming out. You guys know you want that window washer simulator. Okay? They, they're they coming out with an MMO. Their first game out, Crucible, they, they brought it back into beta. Now, here comes an MMO, New World. When's that coming out? And if they didn't have time to test this game out and then put it back in, Maybe New World shouldn't come out right now. It sure does look good, but there's our reports that... Uh, uh, I'm not going to say the reports, but the reports I've read. Uh, so I'm just letting you know, if if you've pre-ordered right now on your wish list or anything for New World, hit cancel and just wait when it releases. Give it a week. You're not going to miss anything in a week. You'll still have plenty of time to play your games, but give it time because I hear some bad things about that game. It looks fantastic, and that's where they get you, okay? But when a game, your first game comes out and you out for a month and they pulled it back into beta, when your MMO, super MMO comes out. I'm pretty I'm sure that's saying. a flag. I'm pretty sure it's a flag. That's a flag. You know, maybe maybe it's a, a yellow card for you Europeans. It's a yellow card. But in America, it'd be it would be a flag. Like I don't know, I don't know which way you want to go with this. But it's a it's a warning sign. It's a warning sign. I I I can only imagine the stress it takes to come out with a video game. But they've been coming out with video games for many many years now. Forty years. And I, I and I don't I don't remember there being this much drama surrounding a game, where beforehand you released the game. Because you believed in the game and you looked for an audience. That's how it got started. You're looking for an audience that likes your game. Now we're playing this other game within the game of how many people can we market to? How much money can we extract from the consumer? And 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 it be a bare minimum game. Like, that's the game now. Right. Like, that's the difference, right? 
you guys who have been playing the, the the heart and soul of the games that have been coming out the last, I don't know, five years. I know some of you guys are young. So the last five years, there's probably one or two games that you bought and you got and you're like, man, this is fantastic. I never thought I would see something like this. Okay, now I've said those words probably 10 times, maybe 15 in the last 40 years. Okay, because I've, I've played everything. I've played everything. Now, sure, guys come out with games. They're good. They got an audience. They sell. Nobody talks about it. Maybe they did well. They get a sequel a couple years later, right? We're talking about biblical IP. Right. Biblical. Okay. Call of Duty. Halo. Halo. Call of Duty. Right. Mass Effect. Right. Uh, uh, The Elder Scrolls. We're talking about biblical gaming here where millions of people are waiting for these games. Millions of people are waiting. And and they're happy. They're happy to pay because they know the quality of of the studio because they have watched them work in the past. But now it's getting to the point where they're trying to cut corners. They're trying to get more money out of it. I mean, let's be honest, guys. I understand prices of games are supposed to go up. I, everybody understands things are the price of games is supposed to go up, as they say. And the reason, and it's been talked about, why the price of games hasn't gone up over the years is because so many new people every year start but are actually playing video games. So many kids have stopped going outside and are playing video games it, it more. Offsets, right? offsets. Yeah. So the, the the sheer number of people who are buying it kept the prices level, okay? Otherwise, prices would have went up. I mean, prices went up twice. When I was growing up, prices went up twice. Games were $30, $35. Then they went to 40 Then they went to 50 Like, I remember the prices going up. So for a 10-year period, you can't tell me. The entire industry just said, you know what? Let's not raise prices at all and see how far we can push our developing costs. Let's do that. Yeah. Like, nobody, like, you think that was a conversation that they had? No, because the market would allow it. That's what they've been doing. Now we're going digital, kids, and digital means no middleman, and no middleman means more money goes to developers and publishers. Right. So roughly so about it's, it's, fifteen bucks. It's an eighty twenty split now with digital and, yeah. and and physical. It's about it's about fifteen dollars. I think it's like twelve to fifteen dollars per sixty dollars went to retail guys when they sold the game. So now they get that money, and this leads into the next story: the basketball game. Yeah, NBA okay. NBA two K one. Uh, said that there, it's going to be more expensive to to uh, to have a game now, right? And, and yeah. the way they say it, though, and this is what makes me laugh. Okay, so let me let me read this article. Two K Games reveals why NBA Two K One Next Gen is more expensive. Okay, Two K Games revealed that NBA Two K One is more expensive on PS Five and Xbox Series X than it is on current generation consoles. Fans were taken back earlier today when it confirmed that NBA Two K Next Gen would cost ten dollars more. The NBA 2K21 on PS4 and Xbox One, okay? In the statement, Polygon, a 2K Games spokesperson, defended the price hike, explaining that we believe our suggested retail price for NBA 2K21 on next-generation platform fairly represents the value of what's being offered, pointing to the power, speed, and technology available in the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. The statement calls NBA 2K21 a monumental leap forward for the franchise and says the game will offer a standout graphics and next generation consoles. Okay. The statement was also says that the NBA 2K21 development team knows that it has a responsibility to prove this value of our fans of NBA 2K players. So far fans have seen very little to the next generation versions of the game or any other version of the game. 
In an extended version of the game's announcement, trailer, developer, visual concepts did confirm that NBA 2K1 has blazing fast loading speeds on the PS5 and Xbox Series X, but fans weren't given a real demonstration of this. Okay, so basically they said, they, they, they're saying that the reason that it's going up $10 because, well, it's going to have less load times and it's going to have it's going to have better graphics. And my my thing is, okay, well, I can get that right now on my computer, right? I went out and bought a $1,200 graphics card, and I put that in my $1,000 computer, okay? <laughs> now I have a $2,200 computer. I don't. I don't have this at all. But what I'm saying is if you buy the top-end graphics card, okay, when they develop a game, they're developing it for the high-end market, and they're also developing it for the low-end market, so you could run the game on yet consoles, smaller graphics cards. So are you telling me that based on this conversation that this guy is telling me, because of graphics and speed, that should the should the game vary? Like, if you have a 2080 Ti, should your game cost $120 because it's better graphics and, and you can hire it the high max graphic capability, where someone on the Xbox only needs to pay $40? Because of fast time, low times, and graphics. I mean, come on. So wait, so wait. The hard, the hardware has an SSD, so your game loads quicker. So I, I, I owe you money for that. Exactly. Wait, right? wait. The, the your, hardware, your, your, game, your game, your game loads faster, so I owe you money for that. I'm, yeah. I'm curious to know how that works. If it's the same game, okay. I've been, if it's the same game, Madden's been the same for the last ten years, okay. If it's the same game, nothing's really changed except for like the, the sprites. Yeah. Okay, the sprites a little bit, and the and the wrong signs in the in the in the stadium for what year the game was made, like that kind of stuff. But because the game is quicker and it loads quicker, it's ten. It's worth that ten extra ten dollars. Right. Really. Right. That. Like, listen, it doesn't make sense because most PC Woo! games, most PC games, man, I don't want to say most. Some PC games are cheaper on PC than they are on console. Right. Overwatch was cheaper. Comic. That they're saying it right. Overwatch was cheaper on con on PC than it was on console. I just I just find it funny. Like you you could have said something else to why prices are going up. Like the realistic things, costs right. are going up. Development costs. Development you costs you are you going said, up. You could have said anything. anything. What they think? What they think? They're talking to children. That's the that's the that's the biggest mistake. Most of these suits don't understand. They think the gaming community is just like from eight years old to nineteen. And that's it. That's their whole gaming market. Like nobody else reads, understands the markets, knows video games. So they're gonna talk to you like you're five, and you're gonna tell me that's ten dollars for for speed, okay, and graphics ability. There's so much I want to say right now, but I'm gonna just chew it down. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna push it down into the subcockle area, okay, <laughs> and then just make it crush and be gone. Okay, it just it just makes me it makes me laugh because if if this was a first party title, if if NBA 2K21, okay, was, let's say, a Sony exclusive or an Xbox exclusive, not a third-party title, 100% go, you know what? They're taking the the cost of the console, and they're throwing it into their first-party titles. Like, the console's cheaper. We still don't know the consoles, so I'm just I'm just saying, right? The oh, we know. The console's cheaper. We we're, we're losing on the console, but we're going to make it on our first-party titles money back in the long run, right? I mean that's what Microsoft's going to do with the Game Pass, regardless. But NBA 2K21 is is not they don't make consoles. They're just making a basketball game, the same basketball, the same basketball game, basketball game with a different number at the end of it and better graphics. So now it looks like I'm actually playing basketball. 
If you're going to keep true, though, make sure there's nobody in the stands. And next season is just going to be Wild World of Sports because that's where every game's being played for 2K21, just to let you know. They won't have to make any more stadiums. They no, can just, they just make, make the one, one stadium. stadium. They just make one. They, no, saving money right there. No crowd. No yeah. crowd. One stadium. I mean, they're they're foaming at the mouth right now. They're like, this is amazing. 2K21, one stadium, no crowd. Better graphics. Right, we don't even have to. We don't have to animate a crowd. I could just make empty yeah. seats. It's just empty. We seats. are saving money, man. We so are money. saving money. Right? Conspiracy theory confirmed. COVID was made by the gaming industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> by the sporting yeah. gaming industry. So, what do you guys think, chat? What do you guys think? Do you think that that's justified for the for the price? Ten dollars? Like it's only ten dollars. And I know people are gonna say that. Well, it's only two cups of coffee. It's only two more cups of coffee. So if you don't want to pay the the extra for the graphics and the load times that are put off on the actual console, it's just two cups of coffee. So what do you guys think? I mean, listen, I, I it, it's it's genius marketing to make the same game every year for the last eight years, but with doing minor improvements and not and taking away things at the same time, and then selling it to the public, and you having to rebuy your team again, right? Like you have to, you have to be some kind of mental guy that you don't care about money at all. That you're going to buy the same game again and again, and not only that, but I'm going to keep throwing money for the dream team. I'm going to keep throwing money at right, it for the every year. Team. Yeah, for the ultimate. every year. That's, that's EA, I don't, I, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. So, you're. I, I see chat saying it's still amazing to me that games are still sixty dollars. They're not though. You should, it should be amazing. No, it, it, no, you're, you're. He's right though. No, but, but, it is amazing that, but, that it's sixty dollars. That's the upfront cost. Right, that's the upfront cost. They're not that's sixty dollars. Upfront cost. Right, they're a hundred dollars right now. And yeah, I, roughly. And I'm speaking from America, right? I know in Australia they're paying over a hundred dollars for the for the yeah. base game. Easy, right? Right, but you have to think about it. Now games come out, they have the the content they put in front of you for sixty bucks. Then they have the content they didn't remove and put it into a season pass or drip feed. That you pay $10, $30 for the expansion. See, back in the day, DLC was DLC. And DLC came out six months, a year, two years later. Now right. DLC miraculously comes out a month, a month. two months, um, um, three months like, later. Like you got you got more game for me a month after that just came out? Why don't you just put that in the game? Right, it's amazing, right? Right? It's, it's not DLC. It's stuff you left out. We, uh, we know this. So people think that games are still $60. Unless you pre-order and you get the the trophy and the lunchbox case and the and the and the portfolio and the poster and the and the and the thing you'll never wear around your wrist and the helmet, right? You're paying two hundred and fifty dollars. The base game's sixty dollars. But then the next expansion's ten bucks, the next one's ten bucks, the next one's ten dollars. So let's see, within a year's time, you're spending ninety to a hundred, and that's but before microtransactions, that's before the stores, uh you know, whatever, the random loot generator. Whatever, okay. Whatever MTX you want to talk so about. So that's that's. I'm okay spending more money. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining that games. We always tell the story. If you guys weren't here before, and there's a lot of you here that weren't here before, so we'll tell the story again. The Atari Twenty Six Hundred, way back when in the nineteen early eighties. Okay. Our, which is BC for some of you right, guys. Which is before Christ. Okay. People actually paid seventy to eighty dollars. 
for, for an Atari for, for, cartridge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And back in 1980. Now let's let's adjust that. Let's adjust that game's 150 dollars right now. Okay. Right. And what was the game, Sarge? What was the game? Oh, the, uh, our mom would never let us live it down. It's called still, Yars Revenge. Still doesn't. Still doesn't. Right. Remember that every, time every, I bought every, that game every, for you? Every Christmas. Every Christmas she brings it up. Yars Revenge cost me $75 for you kids. Right. That was 1980. Right? Now you're getting a game that you can play for 5,000 hours for $90. And people are like, ah, this game <laughs> sucks. Right? Yars Revenge. Look it up, people. It's got like 32 pixels on the screen. Yeah. Not in a thing. Total. <laughs> Total. Yeah. Okay. It's it, it just it's it's mind boggling to me the the price differential that's happening now. Like most games are gonna listen. It, it's gonna happen. It's happening very quickly. Games are gonna go digital. Like this is this is why that this is why the 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 release of the new PlayStation and the new Xbox they're giving you choices. You want one with a disc. You want one without the disc. They're, they're trying to make everybody happy because this is the last big hurrah. Because after this system comes out, discs are gone. All right, they're going to give you. They're, listen, they're they're going to give you the disc when you buy the pre-ordered advanced version. You will get a disc, and right? The, and that you can't. Yeah. That's that you can't actually play on the system because you got the one that doesn't have a disc drive. You put it on their but wall, but you have it. Right, you can put right, it on, your wall. Put it on the wall. I, this is back when they had things called Sarge. discs. Sarge. So later down the road. They can sell you the Xbox Series X nostalgic version where you'll buy for $150 10 years from now so you can play your old games. It'll have a disk drive in it, right? It'll be like the well, Atari gonna, or the Nintendo system. They're gonna, right. They're going yeah. to sell you a, an actual disk drive to play your games off yeah. the system. It won't, it won't even be part of it. Yeah. I'm going to buy a drive yeah. Yeah. from PlayStation. Yeah, that's what I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen... Uh, I get it, man. Prices are supposed to go up. I get it. Everything is supposed to go up. But you have to understand dollars to donuts, what, what's going on. Like, what does it take to I, make a video game? I, Hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, it absolutely. does. Yeah. It, it does. But when, when the but Star when Citizens, you, 200, 300, 300 million, right? Yeah. Yes. But, but a, 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 an, average run, an average run for a video game is like, well, let, let's, let me make it a decent number, like 4 million copies, right? Like 4 million copies. Right, so four million copies times sixty dollars. Okay, you're talking like two hundred and forty million dollars. Okay, it's 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 chaos. Okay, chaos. And you're going to tell me that that doesn't cover the cost of the development. We can't. We don't have the cost of development. Like a, a game is a movie, kids. A game is a movie. It costs almost like eighty million, hundred million dollars to make some of these high AAA games. I get it, but you can't tell me on top of the money you made with the microtransactions. And the other stuff that, I, uh, that that comes along with it, that they're not making a profit. It almost sounds like the same guys who are making video games make movies. Remember those movies oh, that the they tell you that, guys. right? Don't you remember that a movie comes out, right? And they tell you that, oh, no, the, the, the movie didn't make a profit. The movie didn't make a profit. Meanwhile, he pulls up in a Ferrari. Right. There's a story. There's a story about the guy, the actor called David Prowse, who played the original Darth Vader. Okay, the original Darth Vader from from the original movies. Okay, the story was, the story was, what what is happening right now? What, <laughs> your, what, green, your green screen what, doesn't like you talking what, shit. What what is happening right now? <laughs> what, what is going on? That was Darth Vader. He heard you talking about him, so he used the Force to pull down your backdrop. I, I don't know what the hell happened. Okay, so anyway, David Prowse 
had a deal with Lucasfilm. And his deal was 3% of the, of the gross profits after the money got paid back, right. right? And so for years after Return of the Jedi was, one, by the way, was one of the highest grossing movies of all time for back in the day. Back in the day, yeah. Okay, right? According to the accountants from Lucasfilm, Return of the Jedi never made a profit. So David Prowse never got any money ever, yeah. ever from, the, from Return of the Jedi. Like, think about that, right? This is the kind of world we're living in now where you make hundreds of millions of dollars and then you say, oh, no, we didn't make a profit. All that money was spent. I don't even know what happened. Like, that's crazy talk, man. That's crazy talk. Yeah, your is is the cat. It is, it is the cat. It is, it the, is cat. the yeah yeah. <laughs> cats, I, was, cats. I was like, the screen's moving like this. I was like, there's there's got to be an animal back there. <laughs> what? What? What are you? What's What's going on, bro? Come. <laughs> we'll give Sarge a minute. We'll, we'll give Sarge a minute. Come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Sarge. Go get him out. <laughs> the cat. The cat is. <laughs> the cat is taking Sarge. What, what, what the hell, the, man? Those of you listening on the audio version, what for the last what? like three minutes? Simba the cat is, uh. is his cat. He's literally attacking the green screen behind him. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> this is, this right. is why now, you have a dog. Next, there you go. Uh, next, next story. All next right. Story. So after after that, uh, what were we talking about? We were talking about the NBA 2K expensive games. Yeah, I'm okay with expensive games. I just don't like the way they said it. Well, because the SSD inside the computer, and because of this, that's why our games are going up. You could have picked anything else. Okay, don't tell me it's because your graphics are higher that you're... Because they've been the same for the last 20 years anyway. Oh, so, so basically... Using using that theory, any game that comes out for any of the new systems is going to be ten dollars more because hey, the graphics can, guys. Can you imagine? All right, picture this. Right, I, I don't want to give many ideas, but I'm going to say it anyway because just in case it happens. Okay, so you're playing a game, and you load it up. You don't buy it right off the bat, and you're like, oh man. And you go to the settings. It automatically goes into the settings, and you're like, I want to play it at Ultima, Ultima settings. It goes ninety nine ninety nine, and you're like, what? So you go down to medium settings, and it's like seventy nine ninety nine, and then you go down to, to low quality, mm -hmm. it's like forty nine ninety nine. You're like, you're like, okay. So I have I have this high end graphics card, but if I pay it here, I'm paying a hundred dollars. But if I pay it the shittiest graphics, so nobody would buy. <laughs> nobody would buy it. Watch, watch. It might happen, people. It might happen. Don't Five you know what? Now. Everyone's gonna remember this. We're gonna. I'm gonna punch you dead in the face if that happens, bro. <laughs> if you if your graphics card setting is in direct relation to the price of the video game you play for PC, I'm gonna be furious. I mean, load times too. You you might want to use an old hard drive instead of a new hard drive because <laughs> if you get two second hard drive, no load times. No load times mean money, right? I could just see, <laughs> I could just see it now. You're playing <laughs> Destiny. There's no load times because right now you, you wait about five minutes. Now. No load times, but Eververse stores increased prices by like three percent because of the of, of the no loads. Oh my goodness! Right. So if you buy an HHD edition over the SSD edition, the game will be sixty dollars. Exactly. There you go. That's the that's the PC future. I, I it's gonna be, it's be a rough ride, man. Things are things are just moving too fast. Like before, when something used to happen, it used to take like five or six years. Something happened. You're like, all right, the price of games went up. 
price of games on 10 bucks. Everybody pissed off for about a year, and then you pay the extra money. Games have been the same price for like forever now. Now that now all the bullshit's coming on, and now you're like, I don't know anymore. I, I got to keep track now. I just want to play a game. Sometimes I just want to play a game. Like what happens if what happens if you were not playing games for like a long time? Let's say you, you you got married, had kids, and then you got divorced, and she took your kids. Now you're by yourself. It's been five years later. Okay. Now you all of a sudden you go to the store like I'm gonna play a video game, and the guy behind the counter goes, "Hey, you wanna play a video game? No problem. Uh, eight hundred and seventy-five dollars. Is that the system? system? Yeah, the system. The system, system and, and one game, eight hundred seventy-five dollars. And then I got to sell you the plug, the the connection to the TV. I got I got like, and he's like, I don't understand. I can't just go out. Can't just buy a video no, game. No. Play on my piece. Oh, you, uh, those days are over. You you want those days are over. You want a controller? Would you those like, days are over. Would you like a controller with four buttons or th- or two? Because it's extra right. money for the for the, right. For the right. The the discount Xbox controller only has three buttons. Right. Right. And and on the back it tells you how yeah. to press the other buttons with those three buttons. Right. Gonna press these two buttons equals this button, and that button, and that button's the jump button, and you need to right. jump, and you don't have that button, so and you can't, and you can't, re- and you can't reconfigure the controller because that would cost extra. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next game I want to talk about is Fallout seventy six. Fallout seventy six uh, just came out with the Wastelanders. <laughs> what, what what is wrong with you? <laughs> what what just happened? <laughs> Fallout seventy six. Uh, came out with the Wastelanders a couple months ago, and I said this. People were saying when it first came out that it wanted to be free to play, free to play, free to play. I said it's not going to be free to play. It's gonna it's gonna take some time. Here we are, two years later. It's gonna be on Game Pass, Xbox Game Pass, starting July 9th. You can play Fallout 76 with the Wastelanders edition. So if you're a person that went out and bought a bunch of stuff and waited two years for this game to be somewhat good. You now can play the game on Game Pass. Now, Game Pass is weird because it can come on Game Pass and then it can also leave Game Pass. It might only be on for like a couple weeks, could be on for a couple months, could be on there. You don't for, know. Could be on there forever, right? Don't know. So they're coming onto Game Pass with their new system now. The season, the season pass they have is like a board game, right? So it looks like a board game. And what's happening right now, people are already seeing the pushback on this season model compared to what they what the old season was. The old season was you played the game, uh, you, you play the game, you do your dailies and weeklies, and you got atoms. So let's say I had to go kill this boss, you get 50 atoms. You would take those atoms, save them up, go to the atom store, and purchase stuff in the atoms uh, uh, shop. People would buy atoms because you would get such little atoms that you would have to pay spend real money into purchasing the atoms. Well, now, Adam's shop is the Adam shop. Everything in there, you don't get. You get atoms throughout the season pass, but not enough where you're you're purchasing stuff, right? Now, when you go up the board, like the first level is like a thousand points. Then it goes up to like eleven hundred. Then it goes to twelve hundred. Then it goes to thirteen hundred. Then it goes to fourteen hundred. Sounds familiar. Well, there's a there's a hundred levels, so you can feel how long it's going to take you to get up points. Now, good part is you're just playing the game. You're just playing the game. You're doing stuff. That's what you're doing. The bad part is I think there's like 10 or 15 items that are cosmetic-wise in the actual thing. To put time in to get these uh, these uh, these things now, you're going to have to put well over close to 100 hours every season, ju- actual 100 hours. To uh, So basically start playing now, everyone. It's going to take you six to eight hours a day playing every day. Just to level up, so you can get to the to the 100 levels. 
That sounds that sounds like a good time. It's it, it's good and bad because you are getting all this different things as you level up, sort of like uh, Destiny or Division or any other these other these uh, game passes like Fortnite. You get materials, you get uh, cosmetics, you get gun skins, you get uh, actual items to put in your house or what to to, to decorate stuff. But people are starting to see it and like, well, I, they kind of like the old model better. So the reason they're going on Game Pass, though, is because of this new system. They go on Game Pass. What was the last stat? 10 million people? 10 million people had Game Pass. And obviously it's going to be more now uh, since they reported that. But there's so many people that are paying for the Game Pass that they can play Fallout. They didn't buy Fallout. And now... They can just play the game and earn some stuff, and then that's more eyeballs, more things to see, more things to come into the Atom Store to shop. Now, not only are they doubling down on this with the Season Pass and Game Pass, but they're also coming out with a TV series. So, uh, Fallout 76, from the writers, or from the creators, I should say, of... Um, of Westworld. Westworld. Yeah. Of now, Westworld. I'm, a little, I'm a little concerned about this, though. Like, Westworld was good... The first couple seasons now they're getting crazy so i'm not sure how much medication these guys are on now because things have changed over the last three years in this in the series so if they're on their crazy pills and they're going to start making fallout like they're making the last couple seasons of westworld you're in for a crazy ride okay believe me I, i'm hoping i'm hoping they do it a darker version they need to make it not quite like mandalorian is where it's Star Wars, but you can tell it's like a television series of Star Wars. They can't do that with Fallout. They have to make Fallout more along the lines of like a survival game mixed with like Mad Max type stuff where it's dark. Like it's the end of the world. People are trying to survive. Like that's what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be this hokey thing. You're walking around with Mr. Mr. Handy and talking about robots and stuff like it should be a little bit darker. I think it would do well. But I'm concerned. I'm concerned. You didn't watch Westworld. I've watched Westworld. I, I watched. I watched the first three episodes yeah. of Westworld. I, yeah. I've watched. I've watched the writers take a hard turn over the last couple did, years. Did so they, it's did they weird. Do a Game of Thrones. It's weird. Did they do a Game of Thrones? It's it's not quite. It's not quite a Game of Thrones. It's it's just that you have to remember the Westworld was originally uh, an old book and an old old an old movie from like the 70s. The premise is amazing. And, we're, and actually, to be honest with you guys, we're not that far away from AI robots walking around now. Anyway, I'm I'm, I'm concerned. It, Terminator is yeah. Terminator is like ten years away. We're talking about the Skynet soon. But I I would like to see how they go about this. Now, will it will it uh, will it make my will I start to yearn to want to play Fallout again because That's, of right. the of the show right. of the show? Yeah. Like if I decide to play Fallout. I'm not playing Fallout 76. I want some modder to come out with a modded version of Fallout 4 or Fallout 3, and I'll play that version again. Like that's how I'll play it. I can't. I can't do 76, man. It's a slap in the face. Like literally, slap in the face. Can't. Can't do it. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited for the show. Like I again before Fallout 76, I was a big fan of the Fallout series. Right. I like. I like the Fallout series. Um, I think they could do well with it. Again. I think I think the atmosphere and stuff does well for what the Fallout series is. Now that it it does take place in like 2077, um, I think they could do something with this again. Though, like you said, will the show 
make you want to play the game. And there is no release date of like when this is happening. I, I looked up and down the article. It doesn't actually say when it's supposed to launch. But you would assume within the next two years, right? Which you would hope that maybe Fallout 76 dies off or something. And then within the next five years, they're working on like another Fallout game in the, <clears throat> in the past or something. I don't know. Because just like you said, like I watched Mandalorian and it got me pumped up. So I went to go play as a bounty hunter in Star Wars Galaxies, right? In, I'm sorry, uh, Knights of the o Star Wars The Old Republic, the MMO. I went and made myself like a Mandalorian and played because of the show, right? Will will this have the effect? And I think it will for some people. I think people will look at it and go, oh, Fallout, 70, Fallout has a series out. Oh, it looks pretty cool. You know what? I want to pretend I'm a character in the world like that, and then they go play Fallout 76. I can see it happening. <clears throat> I mean, uh, the, order, the order of which things are happening now is... Starfield's going to be next, okay? Right. And right. as long as long as long as Fallout seventy six still makes them revenue, then the next one after Starfield is going to be Elder Scrolls before they re-release another Fallout game. They have to let the game do its course before they pile on another game. That's the reason why you don't have the new Elder Scrolls out right now, and Starfield is next in line. It's because Elder Scrolls Online is here, right? You don't want one game competing with another game. You want that game to do its life cycle, and then when people start to tail off, when, it, when, when the downward swing happens, and they see by the stats, when the downward swing happens, and they say, okay, well, the game is trending, people are starting to go away from the game, now they're finding other stuff, then you, then you throw in another game like Elder Scrolls Six, and you re revitalize the community again to get behind it again. They're not going to just throw in a Fallout on top of this Fallout. You're not getting Fallout. You're not. The order. Uh, this is me thinking like a business person. It's going to be Starfield, then Elder Scrolls, and then probably something else, and then Fallout. And by then, who knows? Because if the Fallout game comes out, you know damn well it's going to coincide with the TV show. You would hope, right? You right. Would you would know that. You would think they would do that. That would be that would be the smart play. Someone said in chat, it's actually more like uh, The Witcher, right? Like people watched The Witcher series and then they went back and bought The Witcher game, Witcher 3, because of the series, right? They had more people playing Witcher 3 when the show came out than the original launch of Witcher 3. Yeah. So that's what they're, that they can, I bet you Bethesda looked at that and went, whoa, that, that game's that old and it had better sales numbers after the fact than it did now. So I can definitely, I can definitely see that being a factor. All right, so let's go from that. Let's talk about the Xbox Series uh, Xbox Series X. Pick, pick a letter. Yeah, let me bring it up real fast. <clears throat> so three three versions or four versions, bro? I, I, I came out already and said I think there's going to be four versions. I think four. I think there's going to be a... A high and low for each one, without yeah, a disc and I, with a disc. Yeah, with a disc and without a disc. I think a lot of people are like, well, why do you want that many SKUs and stuff like that, right? So... I, I said my prediction was there was going to be an Xbox Series X, like, disc, Xbox Series X without a disc, Xbox Series S with a disc, Xbox Series S without a disc, okay? And I think it's going to be a two, three, four, five hundred $500 or three, four, five, six hundred dollars $600. I think the way it is, they, they, they've come out and said that the CPU is going to be the same, but the GPU is going to be different, right? So it's 12 teraflops for the high end, 
but the low end is going to be four teraflops. Okay, I, I believe the Xbox X has six teraflops, so technically the X is still thrown in there. Now remember, it's a series. It's called Xbox Series. There's a lot of flops, right? Xbox Series. To me, that doesn't just mean two, and this is why I'm saying four, right? I, I think, I think if they do it all digital, they give you, they give you a, like Game Pass for like a month, maybe three months, right? They they bundle it with a game. They they give you Game Pass, maybe no game, just Game Pass with the with the system digitally. So you're basically getting Xbox Live, Xbox Gold, and Xbox Game Pass with Project X Cloud. You get a system, and if they come out with a system that's two, three hundred dollars with all that, I mean that's that's a pretty good a, a pretty good thing well, there. Think of it not. Don't think of it in terms of the people who already have consoles. Think about it for people who are in the market now that are coming into playing video games. Like if you're going to give me an option where I can get a three hundred dollar system that plays the same games that these other people are playing, except mine's digital. I don't have to buy the games because the mentality is they don't want the game. They don't want the disc. They just want digital. They, they, they want everything right now. I get it. I can download it. I can play it. And it plays just the same. Like, I don't know. I don't know the fidelity of it. Like, is it going to run exactly the same? Now, for those people who haven't played video game systems before, to them, it might not matter to them. Like, it, might, it literally might not matter to them because they're playing the experience that we've all experienced already. Only we know the difference because we've been playing for years. People who are new coming in are going to see that it's, it looks great. It plays well. well also, I don't, I, don't, I don't need to worry about it. Well, also, the, most people don't own 4K televisions, right? Or a monitor, or yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even throwing that into the mix. Right? I'm no, but that's that, that but mix. that's so a lot of people, a lot of people that play video games don't even own a 4K TV, so they wouldn't, they wouldn't get the the high end one because you're buying it and then you have to go buy TV, right? So if they just want the game and they're like, oh man, what's the, what's the best value? You got to remember, Xbox is going for more family. Where PlayStation is going for more gamers, right? Where Xbox, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not sure about that 100. Yeah, absolutely, because because the Game Pass with with there's so many independent games and smaller, younger games for kids and stuff on Game Pass that it's a it's a big sell. If I had to buy a system, I have a son, right? I have two Xboxes, but if he has he gets to that age where all of a sudden he's like, I want this, I'm gonna look and go, okay, what's the best bang for my buck? best bang for my buck if i can get an xbox that can have decent graphics because again the kid's not going to know the difference okay we don't have a 4k tv he can play all the games he wants he has game pass i pay this amount of money and he can have over 100 games where if i buy playstation i'm buying it 300 400 500 whatever the price is and i have to buy a game one game and i'm spending that much money there, there, there seems like a, a big chunk, even though that PlayStation has digital store, right now it's not on the same level or playing field. I mean, right now you can play Grand Theft Auto. You can play Fallout 76. You can play No Man's Sky. You can play all these games. Technically, two of them are still being worked on. But, but you can play these games, and you don't have to spend the $60. You don't have to spend. And, and if the prices go up to $70, that Game Pass is even looking more profitable now. Because you're like, well, damn, $70 for one game, or I could pay a monthly fee of $10. That's seven months of 100 games. There's there's a lot, right? Hellblade. There's a lot of games. There's a lot of good games on Game Pass that you can play. All right, so right here it says, according to The Verges, Tom Warner, 
However, to suppose the difference between the Series X is cheaper, the next-gen Xbox might not be a step or steep as the first thought. Discussing his research into suppose Xbox, a uh, second Xbox, in his tweet, Warren claimed that the console won't be under underclocked as it originally believed, citing that likely run the same speed as the powerful variation. Okay. Uh, if been reporting on Xbox Lockhart having slightly underclocked CPU, but now I believe that the same speed as the Series X. Warren states in his tweet, continuing to uh, to claim that the two consoles will have different GPU frequencies and CU counts, which in my number, uh, Warren begins to speculate on the machines while assuming aim to be the focus of seeming that the console targets 1080p to 1440p resolution with 60 frames per second gameplay. That's another important Right. If I can still get the low end Xbox, but it plays at 60 frames per second, that's a win. Right. That's a win. If you can play your games at 60 frames per second for two hundred dollars. I mean, again, speculation of what they're they're saying two, three hundred dollars for the low end. And you're paying 60, uh, getting 60 frames per second. Again, we don't know if that's consistent or, or, or stable or not, but it's a huge that's a huge thing for Xbox to do. I, I, I'll stand by what I say. I think there's going to be four systems, okay? I think there's going to be a high-end, low-end, disc, no disc for each one. Now, the question is, do they release them all at the same time? I don't know, right? You would think that they would want to release the high-end first because they want to get that initial wave out of people purchasing it, right? Then the, the one, people... The ones who are going to go get right, it. Right, they're going to the get it. Are... They're going to get it regardless, right? They're going to have two, two things there. They're going to have the disc and no disc, for the high-end market one. And then a couple months down the road, they might go, hey, ta-da, we're coming out with an Xbox Series S, digital and non-digital, and it's this price, right? And people will be like, oh, shit. I, I can afford that now, right? I don't know. I think that's the that's the marketing. They could release them all at the same time because you are still going to get the people that are going to buy the high-end one regardless of what it is right they're gonna be like i want the the best one for the best gaming experience i have the 4k i love games i want to play 120 frames per second 60 frames per second they want that one they'll pay 600 bucks 500 bucks whatever it is then you're gonna have the people that are like i don't really have the money but i can i can enjoy it 200 bucks I, I can still play right, right i can still play these games 200 bucks 300 bucks and again we're not even throwing project x cloud in the mix if you put project x cloud in the mix and you can play you just have to buy a 200 dollars system and then I can play it on my tablet, or I can play it on my phone, or I can play it on anywhere I want. Project X Cloud, that's another huge benefit there. So I, th that's the move I, I think uh, Xbox is going to make. Well, don't, um, once again, we, we talked about this in the past. Xbox has more room to breathe, okay? Currently, mm -hmm. right now, there are 20 million subscribers to Game Pass. If we just did I think the it was basic 10. level. Yeah, I think it was 10. No, it's 20. It's 20, Okay. If they have 20 million subscribers at, at the at the basic level of 10 bucks a pop, that's 200 million a month. 200 million a month for for recurring, Game Pass, right? Recurring, right? Re recurring money for doing nothing. Okay, so that says to me that if I want to sell a game system for 100 bucks cheaper or 150 dollars cheaper, and I want to eat in some of that cost, done deal, done deal. They don't have to worry about it. I'm not sure PlayStation has the room to maneuver. That's why right now they're playing this game with chicken. No one's like how out the close. Price. Yeah. How close do you want to get before we get to the thing? I mean, let, let's let's think like they do. Don't you guys want us to pre-order the system? No? Right. Uh, personally, I think the way it's going to go down this year, because of the whole COVID thing, I think that there's not going to be enough systems. And that's why they're not pre-ordering systems. And it's going to be one of these things where here's the price. When it comes out, that's it. 
right? And it's going to be a mad dash to try to get it because we're not going to have the full amount of systems manufactured on time. Like maybe they maybe they produced about 10 million or 20 million, but they're not all going to be ready. Like this is this is what's going to end up happening. It, well, here's the best part. If if I'm correct with the four systems, if Xbox comes out and says, "Hey, I, I personally think Xbox should make the first move and say, "Hey, our top line Xbox, five hundred bucks, four ninety nine, right? Four ninety nine. They come out. Then PlayStation's like, "Well, shit, there it is, boys. We can price our thing. All right, so let's let's same price, four hundred dollars. And then Xbox goes. So now PlayStation's out with their price of four hundred, five hundred, or three hundred, four hundred, whatever. Okay. And Xbox goes, oh, by the way, yeah, we have another one at four hundred. We have another one at three hundred, and we have another one at two hundred. Uh, the doors are open, right? And PlayStation's like, fuck, right? Because they don't have four systems. Again, speculation. I don't think maybe Xbox doesn't have four systems. I just think logically, disc, no disc, high end, disc, no disc, low end. It just makes sense, right? Plus, if they could if they could sell more $200 systems, they're making more money off of those than they're making off the $500 systems, right? They listen, Microsoft has a lot of, just has a lot of room to maneuver because of Game Pass. That amount of money for the whole year, okay? Come on, man. Skippy, they don't that's have a lot, that's a lot, that's a lot of money, man. See, this is where everyone's confused in the in the gaming industry, right? The consumers think there's a competition here. Okay, there's a ball game going on with PlayStation and Xbox sales, right? Xbox is not even in the same goddamn ballpark right now, okay? They have Game Pass. Do you understand how many people are playing Game Pass? They don't give a shit about selling consoles. They're selling subscription. They're selling Xbox Live, their Xbox Gold, Game Pass, right? They're selling all of this. They don't care. That's why they said, hey, let's do crossplay. Crossplay's cool. We don't care because they just want more people to have eyeballs on the thing. Why did they get rid of Mixer? They got rid of Mixer so they could put it on Facebook that has 2 billion people on the platform. So they could put a link at the bottom. If someone's playing a game, you can click on it. And where does it take you? It takes you to the actual game instantaneously so you can purchase it or get a subscription model on Game Pass. I, I don't know why we have this Coke, Pepsi, Pizza Hut, Domino's, all these, these competitions, PlayStation and Xbox. Xbox is not even playing the same game. They're like, sure, PlayStation have the, the most sales. The revenue that's coming in for Xbox is way higher than what Sony's doing. Way higher. These are facts. Microsoft has entities that are just feeding in like a supermarket. They're like, oh, this is a low end. We're making money off here, but we're not making much money over here. Eh, scrap it. Sony's like, we got to sell everything that we can because that's all they make. They make televisions. They make PlayStations. They have five games that are they're just to their system, and they have to sell five to 10 million copies of each of those. Xbox like, independent developer? Great. Come on, Game Pass. You want your game played? Come on, Game Pass. Right? Here you go. We're giving you 100 games plus for 10 bucks. They're not even playing the same game. They're not even once, playing the same once, game. Once once the value once the value proposition is, is, is fed into the community, once people think of what the deal is, if I'm paying this much money a month and I'm, I have access to this, kind of, this number of games, the value proposition takes over. And it makes it makes sense to them now. PlayStation, right? 
the way it looks like it's going for them is they are dedicated to gamers. Like I am buying this system specifically for gamers. And then gamers are getting first party titles. That's their show. Right. They want to make their own titles for their own games. The hardcore people are going to buy a PlayStation and that's where you live. I'm cool with that. I, I, I'll be honest. This is the first time I'm on the fence. I might end up getting both. I might end up getting both because I, I look at it and I'm like, okay, so I, because in my mind, this is going to be the last one. This is the last one, guys. This is the last system before things take another turn where it's not going to matter anymore. We're, we're off the Ready Player One status. Like the VR stuff's going to start popping. Everything else is going to start. Once, once the hardware comes out that allows people to develop better and more sophisticated games, we're going down a different hole now. That's, that's what's going to end up happening. So I want to have it. I want to have both just to say I had the last system of the, of the console wars. Right, because I don't think it's. I think it's. I think at this point, Sony and PlayStation are starting to diverge. They're starting to go away from each other because this, as Thirty had said, the the subscription model is taking hold. Eventually, like even for me, like I'm not. I'm not paying. I'm not paying ten bucks a month for the ability to play a game. Like I only have a certain amount of time. I buy a game. I know I'm going to play. I play that game. Right. It's not that because all of a sudden I'm giving you twenty bucks a month or ten bucks a month for the ability to play a game. I didn't gain any more time in my life to play video games, but to other people, to other people, it's a value, right? Are you telling me that if I give you 10 bucks a month, I have access to a hundred games? I don't have to buy any video games. I'm just giving you 10 bucks a month. The value proposition is there, right? Right. People, people who are new, who are new coming into coming into it are like, it's a no brainer, right? I, I, oh, 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 and if game prices go up, even more no-brainer. I, I, do I really like this game? Do I really love this game? All right, I'm going to pay the $70 for it or the $60 for here, it, whatever the price is. If you love a game, you're buying it. Here, you're here, buying the game. Here, here's, here's the thing as well. Xbox, you can play their games on PC. First-party title games come out on Game Pass. All first-party titles, Infinity, all these other, uh, Halo Infinite, sorry, uh, come out, and you can play them on your PC as well, right? That's another thing. You can't play PlayStation games on PC right now. Okay, that's just another another thing. And I'm telling you, once Project X Cloud comes out, it's a game changer. Okay, I've played it. It's fucking great. You can go anywhere and play it. Right? Everyone's like, oh, what's the big deal? Wait, when wait. It, when it when it comes out and you play it, you'll you'll be like, this is this is amazing. This is amazing. Okay. All right. So, speaking of Xbox, here comes the Summer Game Fest demo event coming. Now, before we even knew about Keeley Fest, okay, as I call it, the summer Fe- the, the the Summer Game Fest, the Keeley Fest. I said, if Keeley comes out, he has to have demos. They have to have demos because when you go to a convention, you stand in line, you play some games, you put your name on a piece of paper, and they, they go, they'll send you some stuff, they give you a swag bag and stuff. Well, there's no conventions. There's no E3. There's nothing going on. So what are they doing? Well, Summer Game Fest demo event coming July 21st to the Xbox One near you. If you've been lucky enough to attend E3, PAX, Gamescoms, and other shows in the past, you know the above and beyond sp- spectacle of the shows. One of the greatest joys of attending the marquee gaming event is being able to get your hands on the games. While we can't retru- uh, recreate the experience attending the big show entirely, we can help you get your hands on lots of cool new games early. As, as a- announced by Jeff Keighley, as part of the Summer Game Fest, Xbox is proud to reveal the Summer Games Fest demo event. We will be live on Xbox One from July 21st to July 27th, We'll have more than 60 brand new demos for upcoming unreleased Xbox games available to check out for free. 
Look for the special game fest demo title on your Xbox dashboard that week to find out the collection of available demos. A few things to keep in mind. These are not normal game demos. Typically, the demo you'll see our demo channel are created after the game is complete or nearly completed or represent our final version. Many of these demos are early and some of the games you won't be uh, won't be out for quite some time. Uh, we'll never never be done with this before. Never Something like this has never been done before. What it means is you'll get the experience of these games early, some way early. Again, these are early demos. They're not releasing them and charging you microtransactions while they, while they do this, right? Uh, the demos will only be up on the Xbox dashboard for a week. Some might be republished to a demo channel later, but many of the simply uh, just, to, just to get your hands on it for a week. The developers would love to hear what you think. Hit them up for social media through their websites. Now, this is how you test your games out. You show your game, you get some buzz around it. One week, play test. Anyone that has an Xbox in their hands can play test these demos and go, oh, you know what? I really like that game. Oh, this, and give feedback if you want, right? You can start being a season ticket holder, which I always use the analogy of, of the game that you find that you might like and go, oh, I really like this game. I hope they, they bring this out, right? And you can start talking to the devs ahead of time. They're not releasing it. It's not early access, so you can play it. And they charge microtransactions. 60 games. That's fantastic, man. 60 games. You know how long it would take you to stand in line to play 60 games at a convention? You can't do it. You can't do it. Okay? You wait in line. You wait in line. You maybe get to one game that you want to play. Right. It's like waiting maybe at, one. at Disney World. You might do 10. 10 of the 60. You pick what you can. And if you can't get the ones that you want, you would go to the other ones that are, are, are slow in line. So th this is a another good aspect here. Um, they say somewhere between 75 and 100 when the dust settles. We'll announce a full list closer to July 21st. So there you go. There actually might be even more than 60, but right now there's 60. There could be 75 to 100 uh, for that. Some of the games that you'll be playing is uh, uh, Chris Tales. Let me bring this up real fast so you guys can see it. Okay. Uh, Destroy All Humans. You'll be able to play that. You'll be uh, Haven, Hellpoint, Skatebird, The Veil. Raja, Welcome to Elk, and many, many more. So this is just a couple that they, they show you. So there you go. I mean, I think that's a, a, a well-done E3 replacement, right? You have to have that because people can't play your games. All these de developers are trying to show their games off, and they're like, well, that looks great, but like, can I play it a little bit? I always talk about those magazines you used to get with a disc in the back. You have a demo with like 10 games on it. You would put in and play it. You're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Remember we played Demolition Derby? We didn't actually own Demolition Derby. We just kept playing the demo over and over and over, right? It's like yeah. one level, and you just sit there and play it. That's what this feels like, right? But you only have one week, one week to uh, to actually play it. Yeah, skateboard bird. Like, come on, you don't know what that is? Everyone knows what that is. Come on, come on, skateboard. I, I can I can name a lot of games that I played in the past that no one knows what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like uh, that was the game. Just, yeah, yeah. Just was... remember. Just... Just remember, NES had over 700 games, okay, during, during the NES phase. I've played a lot of crap <clears throat> games in my time, so I know crap when I see it. <laughs> uh, what time is it? Uh, 118. Uh, we have Mixer. Oh, one more story about uh, Xbox. Fable, they actually... Wait, wait, The Fable? The like, fa The Fable? The Fable. Uh, the Fable is Microsoft is renewing the Fable trademark with intent to use. 
and we've talked about this before. There was that that leak footage or that screenshot of that house that we we looked at and said that's that's definitely from Fable. That's a that's a Fable that's a Fable house, right? Um, so Fable is coming out. I don't want to say guarantee, but hopefully this July to this month we'll hear something from Xbox about the resurgence of this of this tale. I I like the Fable series. I liked all three of them. I thought they were. They were great games. Say what you want about Peeler Molyneux, uh, Molyneux, 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 right? Um, from from Lionhead, but those those games were great. They tried things that didn't. He was ambitious, saying what Fable was going to be, and it never turned out to be that way. But the the good evil side of Fable, I liked that. I liked the progression and like when you went over time, the the towns changed and evolved I over did. time. I did. I did like. <laughs> I did like robbing the whole town, destroying the whole town, so the real estate was all crap. Right. And then, I, then I went around buying all the houses, yeah. and then, and then raised the value of all the houses and yeah. sold all the houses. Yeah. Like, I was doing like a redlining, redlining real estate deal you were or a, scam. You were a slumlord. You were a slumlord yeah. that turned it around. It, it was. It, it had a good listen. It had a really good mix of of combat and exploration. Like it wasn't like over it, the top. Yeah, the combat with the magic but, and the sword fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it was a, it was a good mix. They did a good job. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. I'd like to see what happens with that. Obviously, it's going to cost more money. It's got better graphics and faster load times. So it's going to be it's definitely going to be a more expensive fable. It's going to be the most expensive fable of all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, I think I'm going to skip the mixer fails because it's gone. We we really don't need to talk about it. So. I want to talk about the race because this will be pretty fast. The race to world's first, right? So the the race to world's first, and what I'm talking about here is the raids that happen in like Destiny or in Division or any other game that has a raid that I don't know of. Okay. So Division Two had a new raid come out. Okay, and just like Destiny, there is drama behind the raid race because there's speculation and accusations of people that cheated okay so i'll i'll read this controversy arose when a player on the second place squad a content creator named macro style admitted during his twitch stream that his team had been using apparently leaked document with details on what to expect in the raid now he got second and he came out and said what said this okay now, this information was soon collaborated by a teammate on Twitter. The document, which Micro, uh, oh, Marco, sorry, Marco style, says is received through a private Discord and since been made available in Imager. Okay, uh, the internal breakdown of the raid's mechanics information that would vitally for anyone be vital for anyone looking to beat it as fast as possible. Marco was also part of the team that first completed the Division 2's previous raid, Operation Dark Hours, last year. Okay. Later on, Marco also confessed on Twitter he uh, to having used an older damage exploit to, uh, to improve his character at some point in the past, which likely contributed to his relatively quick completion of the raid as well. So, again, raids... Why? They're, they're, Why? They're supposed to be competition. And here, here's the thing. I personally think, one, they're in contact with people that make the actual game. These high-end streamers by crossing friends through friends or meeting the actual people going to the actual 
uh, development studio talking, knowing the developers. Now, I'm not saying a dev came in and gave them the stuff, but somebody along the line somewhere that knew about the raid before it released, released this information and what it was. Now, Massive came out and said that they didn't do it. It wasn't them. As an entity, Massive didn't do it. But it doesn't say none of our employees, right, that work with us leaked it. Now, why is this a big deal? Everyone's like, what's the big deal? There's no big deal, right? It is a big deal. There is a big deal because people from the outside just looking in look at it and go, oh, it's just a bunch of streamers streaming a game. And what's the big deal? Well, first place uh, got, like, their names and characters, like, etched in the game basically they're like part of the the lore of the game all right so that's that's a huge prize if someone wasn't a streamer and wanted to play the raid and do stuff second monetary value okay massive does these things because they want people to get eyes on their game okay so they give out codes they give out things they do swag whatever they promote their game they're like hey world's first watch it here on the twitch or the mixer or the facebook or whatever and People come and watch, and then people start tipping, and people start subbing. And then when someone does something well or they beat the raid, they get bombarded if they're streamers with, all right, yeah, they got subs and stuff, and they, they, they get a monetary value. Now, it's not a sign exactly to you're guaranteed to get it, but a lot of people get it because they got first. Not only do they get first and get their names in the thing, not only do they get the to, to get first and actually... Um, get subs and tips and all these other things, but they also get recognition. There'll be articles written about them, which will bring more potential people to come watch their streams. They'll come in and talk, which then can give them more subscribers, which then might open up because their channel gets bigger. They have more subscribers. Then more content creators start contacting other other businesses. Other looter shooters might contact them and be like, hey, we saw you that you played this, and now we would like you to play our game as well, right? And it's a snowball effect that happens, and it's a dirty, it's a dirty game. But that's that's how it is. You can't stop that, no matter what you do. But to to think that this it's, is it's still shady, man. Oh, it's, it's absolutely shady. shady. It's absolutely right? shady. Ha have a little, have a little pride about it. Have a little pride about it. The whole point about it is to get the gamers and the people uh, excited about something and to watch it for what it is. To watch people fall for what it is and folly, or and try to figure out the puzzles. That's what's that's what makes it fun. Okay, but if you're gonna cheat on it. Then you then you're basically taking out the whole drama of the actual event, right? So, I don't know. I I feel like a, a part of me as a streamer, I'm like, eh, I don't care because I don't really I play the game, but I really don't care. But I understand if people are upset about it because one, you want a fair competition. Now, I I, I talked about this on my stream. I, I'm not even gonna say the raid that happened in D1. There was a group that got first place in one of the raids. They were stuck on it for hours and hours and hours, right? I think it was like eight to ten hours in. Nobody had a clue what to fucking do. And then all of a sudden, someone got quiet and was he was chatting a lot. He got quiet like he was reading something, okay? And then all of a sudden, he's like, hey, did we try this? And they did it, and boom, that was it. They got through, and I was like, that seems a little suspect, right? Now, it's never come out that it, they were given a document, but it has happened in the past Right, so there was other other people in D two that did a, a coil glitch. Right, you guys know who that is. Right, I, I'm not shaming anybody, and that's how they beat that raid. Right, 
there's glitches and different things or advantages that someone has. It's not a it's not an even playing field. Basically, what it is, it needs to be an even playing field to actually enjoy it. That's why people like watching sports, right? I have a bat. You have a ball. You throw that ball. I hit it. Maybe I'm more powerful than you. I hit a home run. I win the game, right? But it's competition. There's an even playing field. I get to come up with a bat later and see if I can get on base and, and stuff. Or I throw a football. Or I'm shooting at hoops. Competition. We're running down the track. This is running down the track or into a maze, but you have the answers. So you know where to go. Whether Everybody else doesn't, doesn't have anything. And then what happens is if you're a viewer of that stream, but you're, you're watching other streamers, you're like, oh, well, such and such did this. They type it in there, and then that person right. starts to see it, and then it starts to spread through. That's not that's not fun. That's not competitive, right? That's literally fill in the answers, chat. Tell me what's going on. What are we supposed to do, right? That's not physically competition with our team versus your team. That's right. my chat versus your chat versus who can spy on who and who has the answers, right? And that just doesn't... You would have to... You would have to do you would have to do the competition with no chat enabled. Like people are able to watch them, but nobody can type. Yeah, anybody. but even that, some people in chat know the streamer personally. They can text them, right? They can get in their Discord. There's so many things that they can do to get around it. It doesn't matter it, about it, the chat. Yeah, but it, it it ruins a good thing though. It would be fun to watch people do it from scratch. It would be, but because everybody's trying to get it for the wrong reasons, you're gonna have the cheaters involved. That's not how it works. But why do people want to do it first? For the statements I said before, monetary yes. gain, popularity, more followers, articles written about them. It's cool to be number one, even though you cheated, right? Can you imagine? Hey, I won. Yeah, but you but you cheated. Oh, well, that doesn't matter. I'm still yeah, I'm number one. Like it doesn't. I still won. It, yeah, I still won, right? But you didn't win fair. So right. I don't know. I just think the whole thing is there. There's no way around it. There's no way around it. And this is why it comes back to the companies. They're just using you as a marketing tool so they can get their game played, so they can sell more games or things. So be it, right? If you're okay with that, then be okay with that. All right? <clears throat> All right, so that's that story. Next story. I want to talk. We're going to go a little bit in depth here. Uh, we're going to talk about Marvel's Avengers. Now, Marvel's Avengers, I'll play some footage. I'll play some footage, and I'll, I'll read this. Off the side here. Uh, is this the... No, that's not the footage there. I'll have to find the footage real fast. You're talking about the new one, right? Yeah, yeah. I got to find uh, my, my history. Uh, I've watched a lot of stuff. Give me one second, chat. I had it pulled up, but then I closed it down. All right, so here you go. We'll just loop this a couple Like times. all the bars in my town. Right. I'll, I'll loop that in the background while, while we uh, while we talk about it. All right, so the Marvel Avengers game <clears throat> that we saw the War Zone last week. There's more things coming out. This is on the PlayStation blog, the PlayStation blog that's out, out right now. Uh, tells more about the mission types, right? So this is this is starting to get the nitty gritty out, right? I the game looks good. There's something off about it still. I think it's because it's too realistic. I played Marvel's Avengers, or I'm sorry, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 on the Switch. I really like the cartoony of the characters for them. Uh, so I, I think that's what's getting me. As far as what this is, this is, they're going to have a Warzone mission type. Okay, Warzone mission types are 
Our idea of war zones came from a desire to have missions across diverse regions, and the war table allows us to address threats globally. These regions vary from sprawling cities to dense forests and, and barren ba uh, badlands. They also feature different times of the day and weather, so missions of the same region will offer lots of variety. Additionally, Marvel Avengers features a array of mission types offering different rewards. Now, speaking of the, of the weather, this is me nitpicking. When you say a statement that it has day and night and it has rain and weather, that means absolutely nothing to me if it doesn't make it if it looks different, doesn't make it different. It's the same thing with a different uh, filter in front of it. You know what I'm saying? Now, if I'm playing the game and in the rain, harder visibility, uh, maybe I miss shots or something more because of it. If it changes it like that, then that's game changing, right? If it's just, oh, yeah, we have all these things and it's day night, so it's spooky. And then it's bright and out and then it's raining. It doesn't mean anything. It's just a lens flare. Right? It's just a filter change. That's no big deal, right? I, I want physical changes to the game based on what's happening, right? Sight distance, uh, the rain, hard to see, certain, fog. Certain abilities, certain abilities might not work. Right. right. Certain abilities might not work. Right. Or certain abilities might get enhanced, right? Something, right? Maybe you can't do a third. Maybe if you're Iron Man and it's raining, maybe you can't do something because it short circuits your, your gear. Something. Okay, I don't know. Per less percentage of something, anything. Iconic missions. Iconic missions, uh, while hero missions are the campaign-crafted hero-focused missions, we also have war zone missions crafted as unique hero stories, which evolve the story for a specific adventure and provide text or context to how they dealt with the fallout from A-Day. A-Day is the, the day that, that happened in the game. How does Tony feel about AIM? Repurposing his tech for his own ends? What is the ramifications of Hulk's extended stay as the big green? Iconic outfits of powerful gear wait the end of the chain of iconic missions. I like this. Okay. Now, iconic missions, is it one iconic mission, let's say? Let's say there's like five iconic missions for Iron Man. Are the same missions, if I take Hulk into the iconic missions where I took Tony, is it going to change like that? Or is it... Five five missions on there just for Hulk, five missions just for Iron Man, and then it's like a one-and-done type thing. You're never going to play it again. Don't know, but it'd be interesting to find out more about that, okay? They have faction missions. Faction missions, in addition to reassembling the Avengers, players will help rebuild outposts for their allies. Shields suffer greatly after the dis disbanding of the Avengers. Uh, resistance form as a direct result of AIM, increasing authorizing activity worldwide. Players can now take part of missions to provide these factions intel, supplies, and defend them from AIM attacks. Even cooler, the Helicarrier becomes populated by members of these factions who want to help in the fight against AIM. Faction leaders will also give out missions as part of an ongoing conflict in the post-campaign uh, world and provide faction-specific rewards. What I would like to see with this, this is like Division, right? Division, basically, uh, your the White House changes over time. As you do missions, it, it, it evolves. That's what the, the settlements. Right. The settlements do the same thing. I like that. But I also, where it says here that if you help certain factions, it changes. Well, obviously, if I if I pick one faction first, it's going to change. But then I pick a different faction. I'm going to complete all the factions. So it'd be nice if I could only pick one faction at a time. And what I mean by that is... Obviously, if I can do all the factions all at once, it doesn't really fucking matter because they're all going to be done and then the whole thing's going to change. But if you choose a faction, 
for that playthrough, and let's say they have certain guns, certain things, only I see those. And maybe if you pick a different faction, I come into your game, your helicarrier would be would, completely different. It would, be, it, would, it would be nice if that was actual thing. Right? Sure. So then I think it would help people play with each play other people's games to see what type of helicarrier they have. Maybe you want to buy gear from that faction that you don't have in your game because you went a different path. I think this would be cool. Again, it's a single-player game that you can play co-op with people. So, again, if I if I pick one faction, I would like, if I level that faction all the way up, then I can just cancel it and then go back to another faction based to get that stuff. I don't know. These are just things that I, I've... Once again, though, it, it, it does look good, but it's so hard to talk about a game like this because... So many things are a factor on whether or not the game is a good game. Like, the combat looks good. The gear kind of looks like a, a cross between, uh, you know, Destiny and uh, what's the other what's the, what's the other one? Uh, the one that's been out forever. The Tenno. The Tenno's. Warframe. What the hell is that called? Warframe. Warframe. Thank you. Right. It, it, it looks good. But the reasons matter the how the game flow goes is going to matter like yeah you're it looks good but like is it is the game loop fun like is the mashing of the buttons and the doing all the moves going to be just as fun in hour three as it is going to be in hour 300 right like these are all things that you kind of have to look at like it's very difficult to make a game like this i'm very grateful that this game is even existing right because this makes the little kid in me go crazy because I get to be a superheroes finally on the screen in a good game. Right. In a good game, right. not not just crappy superhero games. I mean, the Lego ones were good, guys, but we know what we're talking about. Like, Spider-Man was good. The Batman and the Arkham was good, but I don't like DC. You don't like DC at all? I don't. Uh, you know what? DC DC's okay, but the humanity of it is taken out because some people in the DC universe are just over the top. Mm. Like they're like they're, they're god level, like Superman and Man, Martian Manhunter, and and people that could just destroy everybody in two yeah, seconds. Mar Mar Marvel's to. got that too. Marvel's got right? that too. Well, Marvel's mostly humans with 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 a special ability. They all bleed and they can die. Like there's yeah. a you know what I mean. There's there's a factor here. Um, but it looks mm, there's going to be so much to say about this. I'm going to save my ranting for this game when it comes in, out for the for the end of August, beginning of September. All right. Because by then by then they're going to show some more stuff. See, I like I like with the. Comic said in chat, he said Stormweather flight flight time as Iron Man is lowered or can't fly. Yeah, something like that. Like if they could do something like that, because I, I just hate when people impl implement stuff in a game and it means nothing. You know what I mean? It's like, great, you, you took development time to put rain in the game. Great, the ground's wet. Fantastic. It's different than, than daytime, right? Put something in there. Then they have another... Well, Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, if, well, if it's... I don't want to overcomplicate it, but like in Destiny, listen, Destiny has different lighting, right? There's a day-night cycle in Destiny. No one really notices that much, but there is. There's certain parts on the moon where it's lighter than other times, and it's the day-night cycle. It doesn't officially say day-night, but it just is. Yeah, but you're still shooting but the Vex the same. Right, but but nothing matters. Right. right. But like, if but if you're going to talk about something like that, if you talk about it, then it should have a factor. Something should matter. Like, Freeze abilities affect you worse when it's raining, or something, something, something to that effect. Any yeah. any kind of environmental hazard that happens should correlate to what you're talking about. But once again, there's a lot here, bro. Yeah, there, there's this a is, lot. This is a very ambitious okay? game. 
So the next the next That's thing they have drop zones. Drop zones are short missions with single objectives such as defending allies or sabotaging aim structures. Then they have vaults. Vaults are large explorable spaces that can take some legwork to uncover. The access to the vault for uh, you first have to locate the coordinates from the hidden shield caches around the world. Once you find the entrance, you then must fight your way inside and breach the vault before you reap the rewards. I like this. This sounds pretty cool. Here's the thing I can already tell you. Once someone does it and finds the actual, right? Because you have to find the access to vault by first finding the location of the coordinates of the hidden shield. Well, once you do it, is it always going to be in the same spot? Because if so, there's no point, right? It's just like, okay, great, we're doing that. But if they make it random and it, it appears in like nine different locations, and every time you play that, that game mode, you have to actually go look for it. Now people are like, well, I don't want to do that because... Well, why would I do that? It takes too long to do those. Well, hopefully exploration. the exploration, exploration and the rewards at the end of that one, based on time, would be better than the ones that you do to drop zones, where just single objectives such defending allies, right? Like, that's quick, drop in, do your do your mission, where the vaults would give you more, more stuff, more higher-end gear. Again, but you have to, but you have to find out, you have to find out how to get access to it. It's not automatic. Correct, but it says you have to find the hidden shield caches around the world. Once you find the entrance, you then fight your way inside to breach through the vault and then reap your rewards, which I think is cool. They have another thing called hives. Hives are aimed strongholds located throughout the world. The Avengers must uncover the locations and fight their way through the gauntlet of increasingly challenging aim defenses in order to disable them. I like that sound of that. Sounds pretty cool, right? They're all over different places. It's an area. Then they have villain sectors. Villain sectors missions culminate with boss fights, such as notable Marvel villains working in tandem with AIM or ones that organizations extra deadly uh, construction. So there you go. I guess that's going to be like strikes, right? Because our bosses at the end, if, if you had to compare. I, I, I mean, it does. It does sound like it a little bit. Yeah. I I would say Gumball. I would say more strikes than than lost sectors. Lost sectors seem more like a drop zone in this in this uh in this thing then they have character customization character customization playing through res um resembles campaigns of war zone missions will reward players with a array of items including gear resources artifacts and cosmetics war zones are are the great place to play your way by showing off your cosmetics and swinging up the uh and switching up your gear let's go into the systems while maintaining a core dna of each hero is important we wanted to ensure each player could tailor the game to the preferred combat uh, style. And here are some of the ways you'll be able to customize your superhero. Okay, Customization ways, you'll have skills. As you gain experience, you can increase your hero's level and unlock new characters' specified skills. For example, you can choose to equip an Iron Man's iconic repulse, uh, repulsor or uh, micro-rockets or laser to make the enemies take down. Each hero has several categories of unique skills that allow you to fine-tune your playstyle. I like this because when I play in your game, your Iron Man might com play completely different than my Iron Man, right? And we both can't be Iron Man in the same game. So I can see like, oh, dude, what, what were those rockets that you had? Oh, I'm using such and such and such. Then I go back to my game and then I can play Iron Man, try to grind for that said gear, right? Something to, to strive for. Uh, rewards, more difficult content. Hey, listen to this, people. The more difficult the content... The rarer the rewards. Hey, imagine that. What a concept. 
which can be collected through enemy drops, exploration, puzzles, and for completing missions or challenges. Now, there's three things. There's or four things. Gear, resources, artifacts, and cosmetics. Okay? Gear, as you expect, gear is gameplay items equipped across seven different slots to enhance your hero's abilities, such as damage dealt for ranger melee, defense enhancements to protect against aim, advanced weaponry to special combat technologies, such as gamma radiation, damage or uh, integrating uh, PIM particles into the arsenal. Uh, gear lets you play further, co uh, customize your hero your way, tuning your play style. Resources, crafting resources such as uh, Euron can be found through exploration and be rewarded for vendors by collecting by breaking down unwanted gear. This is uh, applied to improve ex uh, existing equipped gear or trade with vendors for advanced gear. Okay, so you get the gear that you want. You go do other things to improve that gear, right? Separate from other things. Okay, then you have an artifact. Artifacts are specialized gear that come in two flavors. We expect Marvel fans will be most excited about the exotic artifacts that are pulled from Marvel lore and give unique abilities when equipped. This is something I do like. If you're a massive comic book nerd and you like Marvel, they're giving you artifacts in there that literally give you powers that you would know from the comic books or and stuff like that. The lore is attached that's, to the that's, actual thing. That's, ac that's actually pretty cool. Right? That's actually pretty cool. Cosmetics. Cosmetic items include outfits, emotes, nameplates, players' gear doesn't change players' look. Look good, play good, so you can rock your favorite uh, emblems while continuing to increase your power level. Cosmetics can be gained in a variety of ways, including unlock through the campaign drop in war zones, bought from the factions, okay, purchased through the in-game marketplace. Now, the in-game marketplace is not microtransactions. The in-game marketplace is currency that you get in the game to spend. There's no microtransactions in this game except for cosmetics. Uh, you can earn cosmetics in the game, and you can also purchase cosmetics uh, through the marketplace, uh, which tier reward paths tie completely challenges and more details on heroes chase cards in the future. So apparently there's also cards. Again, all content moving forward, characters, regions, missions, free. Cosmetics, bought. Like if you want Iron Man from issue 126 from 1986, you want to, you want to, you want that, you can purchase it. There are cosmetics that you can earn in the game. There's lots of cosmetics that you can earn in the game. Now, perks and attributes. These are special abilities that come with the gear and artifacts that are tailored to encourage specific play styles for your hero. For example, certain perks of applied gamma and, and cosmic damage to your attacks when combined. Perks and attributes can also help def uh, define your play style, which you create a brand gear, uh, branded gear to help identify builds like Stark Tech, for range ability, augmentations, and shield gear for defensive play. Uh, launch is just in the beginning of Marvel Avengers, and the narrative will continue to develop over the coming weeks. So there you go. There's a lot of stuff to this game. It's very ambitious. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, that's it. Check it out. Marvel Avengers or Avengers game uh, comes out September 4th. Okay, so the last thing I want to talk about... <clears throat> Matchmaking? No, they said matchmaking is actually they, 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 they talk about it in an AMA about matchmaking. They say they have a system in place where it shows you who is got what characters. So if you bring in, like if 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 Hulk, Iron Man, and Black Widow are are taken, 
you can see who doesn't have Iron Man if you want to be Iron Man, and you can click on a match make for Iron Man. That's the way they said it worked. I don't know, but that's what the, that's the way it was written in the uh, in the AMA. All right, so the last thing I want to talk about is this game right here. We're going to go over just a little bit. Uh, I believe it is right. It starts. <clears throat> Sarge, you're going to have to. I mean, you don't have to mute, but I want to bring this up. We're going to get DMC. Outriders is massive, I don't both care. in terms of game length and the numbers of hours you'll be able to. Let me know if you guys can to, hear it okay. And the physical distance you'll traverse over the course of the story. So today we're excited to show you more of the journey and structure of Outriders. How you move about the game and how the various features, systems and story all come together. In last month's broadcast, we explored the first city, the area of Enoch first settled by the refugees of Earth. Everything from the section of the game unfolded here, in this area of the map. The first city sits within a larger area of colonized Enoch, which you can see here. Here, humans have made a life, as best as they can, and built cities, strongholds, factories, and mines as they try to survive. This is where the Outriders are first reawoken from cryosleep, and where your first hours in the game are spent. Humanity has always struggled to leave this place. With the raging anomaly storms and monsters preventing further colonization of the planet, pushing society back to the Dark Ages. As you will see though, there's a whole lot more to Enoch. As an outrider, you're one of the few powerful enough to leave humanity's broken settlements and journey out across this hostile planet. But what does it mean in actuality? Outriders takes advantage of a hub-and-spoke structure, connecting busy, settled areas, the hubs, with combat arenas and free-roam areas, the spokes. The main story missions push you through the game, and a large number of side quests and additional content can be discovered on or off the beaten path. As side quests scale to your level, so do the rewards. It means even early side quests can be meaningful played late in the game. And it's worth saying side quests aren't fluffy objectives that take place in the same play spaces you've experienced in the main game. They're new, bespoke areas of Enoch that you could miss entirely, and they often reveal more secrets about the world and lore. Let's travel quickly to Eagle Peaks, the snow-capped mountains that encase the war zone, to take on a side Real quick, guys, I'm just letting this play. It's about 10 minutes, and then we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it, or I might stop it along the way. Up in these hills, we hear voices. Some leave and don't come back. Same for anyone who goes looking for them. But maybe an altar could have more luck in finding them. Could you lend a hand? Just this lucky all right, let's play detective. If I was a missing soldier wandering off into the night hearing voices, where would I go? Come on! Oh, come on! Don't do this! I just came looking for my friend! He belongs here now! We all do! Today, the storm! Welcomes an apostate into its loving embrace. So it seems the last remaining survivor of our missing soldiers was just sacrificed to the anomaly? 
We need to have some words with this deadly cult and its leader. We're only giving you a small taste of this little side adventure. Sorry, guys, it takes I keep, a fair I bit keep longer to make our way into the, the inner chambers just here. Shooting guns. And as always, we like to keep some surprises for you. Sorry about that. But it's time now for an epic showdown with the altered cultist leader. Yeah, nice. By completing the side quest, we can now choose a sweet piece of new gear as a reward. With that sorted, let's talk a little bit more about hops. In hops, your weapons are holstered for a time, and you can soak in a bit of life on Enoch. Here you can visit vendors to sell scrap and purchase gear, frequent bars to gather gossip and bounties, Call it the liver spinner. and pick up side quests from one of Enoch's many eccentric denizens. What exactly is your business? Certain mercenary services? It's hard to show this without spoilers, but as you progress through the game, the world state and NPC dialogue is affected by pivotal moments from the story and new side quests unlock, some of which are hidden in earlier hubs and play spaces, further rewarding exploration. Combat feats also come with achievements. Complete a collector's quest like a bounty or monster hunt, and NPCs will recognize and reward your triumphs. In bringing to life a new sci-fi universe, we are adamant that these settled areas feel dynamic and alive. Oh, and if Monster Hunts pique your interest, stay tuned for a future broadcast to learn more about them. Well, this should be interesting. Crucially, hubs also allow you to check in on your Outriders truck and crew, which will grow as you progress throughout the game. We're going to talk more about the Outriders truck in the future, but its primary function is to transport you through the world, bringing many of the features of a town with it. All the functionality you'd expect from a hub hits the road with you. Your weapon vendor, your crafting, your crew. The truck is a moving RPG village. Now you don't operate the truck yourself. That job falls to your driver, Jakob, who we will talk more about later. But the customization options are vast, so you can personalize your ride along your journey. Okay, let's pack up and hit the road now. I need to head to the forest to continue my journey. Let's take a quick moment to introduce the crew. Your rider dies accompanying you on your quest to discover the source of the signal. Here we can see Jakob, who drives the truck and can handle any customization of the vehicle. Jakob was with your outrider during the first arrival on Enoch, 30 years prior. A bright-eyed youth with an exciting life ahead of him on a new planet. Time has not been kind to poor Jakob. Here's Sahidi, 
who we met in the last broadcast. One of the few people on Enoch with a grasp on science and how to get mankind out of the pickle they happen to find themselves in. You can talk to Zahidi for weapon mods and crafting. We'll be talking more about this topic in the next broadcast. Finally, at least for the moment, there's Bailey, who's been appointed to your team by Corrigan, the Grand Marshal of Trenchtown, who's allowed your travel through the various sectors of the settlement. Let's go. Bailey hates the arrangement as much as you do, but is forced to join the journey. In camps like this, Bailey also acts as a gear vendor, with a host of unique weapons and armor you can trade for scrap. Other notable features of a given camp? Your stash, where you can store and withdraw equipment that you might not be able to hold on your person. The stash also allows you to move gear freely between your roster of player-built characters. Next to the hammer gear, you'll always be able to change and customize the look of your outrider. And of course the matchmaking terminal, which is hopefully self-explanatory. Before I'm leaving you for this month's broadcast, I'm going to take you beyond the safe confines of the forest enclave. It's a beautiful night, so let's head out there and explore. Hey, you remember my tunes I used to Alright, I'm gonna mute it. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let that play. Alright, so <clears throat> there's a lot of good there's a lot of good stuff that I'm seeing from this game. It seems it seems very ambitious as well. Um I do like the the vehicle that they've done, right? Because in, I'm going to compare it to Destiny only for this, right? In Destiny, to go back to the tower, to go get to the vault, to do all that stuff, you have to go back to orbit, then go back to the tower, right? In this game, it seems like the truck is your tower, is your place where the vendor is, where you can go get matchmaking, where you can buy stuff, where you can access your vendor, uh, your vault and stuff. So I do, I do like, I do like that aspect of it. I'll just. Read here um i do i do like that so now there is no like traveling so you're taking it with you as you go so it it's just like your ship in destiny right like you don't have any access to your ship you can't do anything you're not driving the actual vehicle it's just you get in and it moves wherever you're traveling to and then it's there and then the camp gets set up i like the different missions and like the different uh uh settlements i guess you go to and it said as as you're going through the story the settlement might not have missions there to make you go explore and then you come back to that settlement and it might have missions for you now because you progress in the story so exploration's very good it's a single player slash co-op there is no pvp they said and that made me happy because i don't believe all games should have pvp i think games should have single player sometimes and that's it because if you throw pvp into the mix then it's just more on the devs that they have to balance stuff and do stuff and these devs seem like they know what they want with this game it's got a bit of anthem in there with the with the the cities and the factions and stuff like that, where the story progresses. Hopefully, they do a much better job than what Anthem did. Um, and there is no wide open worlds. They're they're more like I want to say like Warframe. You know what I mean? Like there's spots that are bigger, but it's not like it's not like Grand Theft Auto. It's not open world massive. It's it's you go down to a town and there's stuff to explore in that in that mission and stuff. So what do you think, Sarge? I think finally, finally between this this game and the Avengers game, I think Destiny has some competition, where it's something besides Destiny. Oh, right. You're not saying that. You're not saying like, oh, Destiny's dead. You're 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 no, saying. I'm not saying. 
why is it every time That's I talk about them like this? Everybody call everyone says they're talking, we're talking about the Destiny yeah. Killer. I don't give a fuck about yeah. Destiny Killing. Time. What I care about, what I care about is people learning what this type of game, this type of game format is. Somebody else trying it. Somebody taking the good from Destiny, the good from Division, and making it into something else, which gives competition, which allows, which which makes other games want to do better. Want to do better. Competition because now there's something yeah. else. Yeah. That's all. Competition is good. They said that it would take 30 to 50 hours to finish the campaign in this. Three times longer if you do the side missions and all the other stuff in the game. That's for one character. 30 to 50 hours for one character. Three times yeah, that if you do all the side missions. Yeah, but it's like a, it's like Borderlands. I, I played, listen, I played all six characters. Okay, I played all six characters, went through the story six times. Like, was it worth it? It's only worth it if the play style of the different characters are worthwhile. Right. If it's a samey, if it's a samey, samey character, then it doesn't really matter because you're gonna you're gonna approach the different missions the same way. But if you're forced to use different abilities to do different missions or the same missions, yeah, I guess it has some replayability. But let's be honest, anything over a hundred hours on a game like this is still decent. Right. Decent. Yeah, I I between this the skill tree is nice. This is the Pyromancer. I'm not gonna play the audio of the Pyromancer. If you guys want to go check that out, I'll give you the uh I'll give you the link in the chat. You guys can go watch this. Uh you can watch this whenever you guys want. Here you go. Um I think I think the classes look look cool. The skill tree is nice. You can respect and, and pick your thing so yours plays different than mine. Between this game, Outriders, I don't. We don't know when this releases. I'm assuming this releases next year. I, I, I don't think there's been a release date for this. Um. I, 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 I I've said last week when we talked about Avengers, I think Avengers, just because I'm a Marvel fan, will kill Destiny for me. Like my time will be spent other places because look. I've learned my lesson with Destiny. I know it's the same MO every single time. September comes out, and I'm going to play it when it drops, the, the, the expansion. I'll play it for two, three weeks, and then I'm done, right? I won't be playing Destiny like everyone else has been playing Destiny, like, every year. Because I know every year this content sucks when it gets to January and then March, and then it picks back up before September. Marvel, I'm more interested in because just the characters, right? So... When Hulk comes out and I'm leveling him up and then I'm done with Hulk leveling him up and then all of a sudden, hey, Ant-Man comes in the game. I'm going to start leveling up Ant-Man just because that's what I want to do. I, I have nothing, something more to pick up. Why? Because I know the story. I'm, a, I'm connected with the Marvel characters because I'm 42 years old and I've been reading comic books my whole entire life and I know the characters and I already know the backstory. So that's why I want to, I want to do that. This game, on the other hand... I don't know. It all depends when this drops, right? It all depends when this drops. If this drops in like spring and another game's out by then, I might not pick it up. But if it drops during a time where there's nothing else out and I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm going to give that game a shot and it might hook me. This doesn't hook me like Marvel because I don't know the story of these characters, right? So this could be like an Anthem slash Warframe slash, you know, pick, pick a looter shooter. 
people said that it looks clunky in the in the chat. It does. Third person always looks clunkier. I feel like Sarge said it the best. It, it's like a Gears type of feel to it, right? Um, I don't know. I like it. I think it's cool. It's a, it's very another game that's ambitious. I like a lot of stuff they're doing. I, I just need more. I need to know. And it's not fair, right? Marvel Avengers, they're giving me some, but I'm just a fan of the characters. Where this one could be a better game, but I don't know if to give it a shot because I don't know the story or the characters, right? So... Well, because you're because it's completely made up. Like they completely made up Anthem too, right? They completely made up. And it's Destiny okay to do too, that. It's okay right? to do that. Right. Yeah. No, it is okay. But when you when you are creating a universe from scratch, right? It's very difficult. Yeah. You've got to know what Mar you're trying Marvel's to do. Marvel's got eighty plus years of com uh, right. of creating stuff. So right. So that's uh, what do you guys chat? What do you guys think, chat? I mean, it, is this a game it, it, for you guys? I mean, it looks it looks interesting. I, I it think looks it looks great. I think when it first came out on this podcast, I went, I don't know. Then the last time we went, oh, like last month when they came out their 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 uh, their video, I was like, well, this game looks pretty pretty decent now. I love the fact that it's co op. I love the fact that it's single player that I can play by myself. I love the fact that there's no PvP. I like the fact that there's a story. It seems like rich story. Right, I like this the fact that you can explore and open up different parts of the game based on what you're doing. Me and you like exploring t games like this. Like we go look in every nook and cranny to try to find something. I like a lot of the stuff they're doing. I just need to know a little bit more. It does. It does. It does look like the way that the gameplay is. It does look like it's more power based than gun based. The guns seem to be secondary. Like the guns are there. I'm sure they they. They accomplish what you need to do, but it looks like abilities over guns in this game. So almost kind of like Anthem in that respect, because Anthem was more abilities and the guns were the in-between. Right. Right. That's why I said it's like a, it feels like Gears, but like Anthem as well, right? Because the way the way the camera follows you, you're up close like Gears or like a Warframe. But like with the powers that you have, it's like it's like abilities with with Anthem. I don't know. Once, once again, uh, fool me once, shame on me, or, or shame on you, and fool me twice, shame on me. Like I, this, this looks like it could be good, or this looks like it could be Anthem too, right? So I gotta, I gotta wait. Right. Well, I gotta wait. as I, gotta I wait. always say, never pre-order. And if you're on a fence about a game, don't look. In this day and age, there's thousands of people that are gonna buy the game off of launch, and you can go watch YouTube videos, Twitch, Facebook, anything. And find out, ask a couple questions to a streamer, and you'll find out to make your decision. If you go out right now and say, I'm going to buy this game, and know nothing, and then go, screw you for taking my money. It's like, well, you, you didn't need to buy it. So don't pre-order. Just, it'll, it'll speak for itself. If it's a good game, people will buy it. If it's a bad game, people won't buy it. But if you go buy it pre-order now, everyone's buying it, everyone plays it, and then everyone tells you it's a shit game, right? So, Ooh, skill tree. The skill tree looks great, and you can customize it all the time. Hmm. You can reset the tree. It looks like it doesn't cost you a thousand glimmer, every or ten thousand glimmer every time you do it. It looks like you can literally just do it. I know. How it's dare still, you change? I know. How you, dare you, know, you change your mind? I know. Give I me know, some money. I know. How dare you change your mind? Give me some more money. I, that's for the artifact. But anyway, all right, all right. We're just a little bit over. 
Generation X Gaming, a weekly podcast that goes over a few of the top stories in the past week, and we rant along the way. I do appreciate everyone coming out. You can find us here every single Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can follow us right here. Hit the notification on twitch.tv slash 30 and still gaming. Uh, as always, we don't know the price point. Yeah, we don't know the price point yet. Um, you can listen to us every single Thursday right here on twitch.tv. If you don't catch us live and you're listening to us on podcast format audio right now, you can listen to these audio formats on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor.fn, and many, many other platforms. You can watch us after the fact, either on the past broadcast on Twitch.tv, or if you go to YouTube.com slash 30andStillGaming. You can find all this information out on 30andStillGaming.live. 30andStillGaming.live. Links in the chat. If you're listening, to on the podcast, we do appreciate you coming out and listening. Uh Come, come join us in chat. You can, you can come and chat. We will socialize with you in chat. See what you say live while we're doing the stream. We do appreciate you. Make sure you follow Sergeant Sarge McCluskey on Twitter. Make sure you follow me on Thirty and Still Gaming on Twitter. Make sure you follow the show Jen underscore X on Twitter. If you'd like to join our Discord, I think the Discord, uh, I think the Discord works. Hey, look at that. Uh, Discord works. We have a bunch of different channels in there. Appreciate you guys. Don't go anywhere. The stream, the, the show is over. The podcast is over. But me, Sarge, and I think Brain are going to be doing the dungeon tonight in Destiny. So if you like to watch the uh, the dungeon run, uh, the new dungeon, uh, stay tuned. I'm going to take like a 10-minute break. Appreciate it. We'll see you guys next week on Generation X Gaming. Take care, guys. and gamers that have been playing games since the early 1980s. Combined, they have over 65 years' experience. Join them each week as they discuss and write about gaming and entertainment news. This is Generation X Gaming.